0: cool wait um do you want to do a woo a woo <laughs> yeah i get one to do a woo Gus refused
1: <laughs> of course he refused what's the woo supposed to sound like get
0: the energy up like a woo woo
1: yeah <laughs> all right that's good i like that i enjoyed that <laughs> oh, yeah okay.
0: yeah it's gus good. gus you didn't even do one
1: <laughs> yeah he definitely would just be like nope not going to do a
0: He said he didn't want to regret it oh, that's fine i get it I get that, uh, sometimes i've gone to woo and sounded like a 10 year old girl <laughs> okay today i have the mighty charlie jarman price um, that's right. I got that right. <laughs> you got it, got, right. It right. Yeah. got it right. I got it right. Always worried about second names, especially with uh, Gogo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's
1: a tough one. Yeah, no one knows how to say Gogo's yeah. name.
0: <laughs> my uh, my ex housemate was Hungarian, and she uh, I, I asked her, and she was like, oh, yeah, so Hungarians say it in reverse. So it's uh, Jonas Gurgo <laughs> instead of oh, Yeah, I was like, I'll try my best. And then he was like, just call me
2: coach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just, coach is fine. Coach is fine. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people in the gym, whenever they're trying to tell me something about Gergo just a member of the gym there was like you know that the guy like bald like really short hair and he's kind of like tall and I'm like and they're like yeah <laughs> and I'm like Gergo and they're like yeah yeah that's the that's one
0: the <laughs> he should have uh, gone for his branding Is like go 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 <laughs> <laughs> so he's, so he's going, and yeah it's catchy <laughs> 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 um that guy so he he's kind of like my link to to you and um uh and gas yeah um and he he fascinates me because he's like on it like oh yeah he's like multitasking and doing social media like yeah definitely uh like an inspiration of mine yeah um
1: very interesting dude yeah i mean he he i mean you know that word grind is thrown around a lot but as mm -hmm. far as you know putting out content training hard and kind of doing everything at the same time i would say that he's pretty much up there yeah 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 yeah
0: um, like no concern of, of how you're viewed, you just puts the content out there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people I know that like make content are kind of like they'll put something up or remove it, or you don't know, yeah. like, really like. Oh no, maybe it doesn't align. <laughs> even I do. I'm like oh, shit. Can I talk about this particular subject? Like I'll film something and just delete it. <laughs>
3: yeah, I
1: mean particularly now there's so many topics that are dodgy for people they don't want to talk about. Them. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the recent days as well, like yeah. I would, yeah I'm, this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a lot of there's a lot of sore topics right now that it's complicated to talk about anything, mm-hmm. and especially I mean, let's not get into cancel culture too much, but you know, it is it is a difficult time to talk about things. Yeah. I would say. Yeah,
0: which is uh, odd because we need to talk about things to be logical and rational, and and hear yeah. all sides. And if we if we disable someone's ability to to put their their point across, then yeah, like yeah, you haven't won. You've just uh, delayed it
1: yeah (laughs) well I mean the whole Piers Morgan thing you know I'm not like I'm not a fan of Piers Morgan at all um but you know obviously the view I think the shares or something in ITV went down I don't want to spread fake news but I think it was like it went down three percent or something like that because I think a, a large reason that people watched that Good Morning Britain or whatever was because Piers Morgan had some views that other people weren't prepared to share on mainstream media. And I think yeah. that that's why it was kind of a foot in the door for some people who, you know, are kind of in the middle somewhere and they want to have someone who's a little bit more right-wing. Yeah. And I think that it made him leaving, now they're just going to be like, well, I'm just not going to listen to mainstream media anymore, kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that sometimes he's kind of a useful tool for people to communicate conversations they don't want to have. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: That's like all human interaction throughout history you have your you know your, your heads of states in different areas and then when two states sort of start warring you use your like most influential people to sort of meet and like have like a debate and then like you know we prevent wars like you, you imagine like the classic scenario of two armies facing off and then you have the two ambassadors to come but, like, mm-hmm. like instead of like we yeah. all, we'll kill each yeah. other and <laughs> yeah. it's just maybe yeah. i'll stop doing this you stop doing that yeah and then like there's usually diplomacy it's not always just war and I think the moment, the mindset is just like whoa, like, oh, yeah. and, and none of these people are really prepared to do the fighting part. Mm. Like, they just they want uh, to. The A post that I, I cultivated yesterday but didn't put out was uh, this like really sarky <laughs> like uh, acknowledgement that um, the war, World War One and World War Two, not won with like hashtags, like you know, like it, it sure. wasn't like Instagram. Like you no one defeated the Nazis by by telling the Nazis they were bad. They yeah. knew they were bad. Yeah. That's why they were Nazis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so why do we think that's going to work now? And why do we think that people are going to be, you know, the, the people that are applicable to these these online, like, hateful energy circles aren't in those circles. You know, the people that are kind of like, uh, you know, uh Black Lives Matter or, um, the, the current one with the, like, uh, hashtag not all man, like, the people that are fighting against these hashtags and, and arguing about it, like, the people that actually applies to aren't seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> they're not absolutely, in it. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the reason they did not care is because they're racist and sexist, so, yeah. like, they're not going to have respect, the opinion of, or, or, like, someone... That's... And also,
1: they're so deeply entrenched within their ideology that they're not going to be able to see the wood for the trees and just kind of be, like, that it's just not gonna, it's not gonna, um... You know, it's, it's not going to... They're not going to recognise it in themselves yeah. because it's just, to them, they're sort of like, no, I'm fine, you know? People who are completely out of it because they either have a strong ideology or because they're, you know... I think, I think evil exists. This is a thing, like, I, I... You know, I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it's only cultural, there's only social issues, and it's, like, it's how you're brought up, and I think, yeah, definitely, that makes a huge difference, but mm. I think there are people who... Whether it be part nature, part nurture, become evil. Yeah, and I think that that's you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be looking on Twitter and caring what anyone thinks about them. They're just they're gonna continue to do what they do. Unfortunately,
0: and they hide amongst us. So, yeah. like currently like, there was this um, uh, thing that got sent to me this morning. It was just like uh, you know men should have words with their friends. About their behavior and around women, and, and, and call them out on it. And it's kind of like you're assuming here that I don't. Like, I do, and yeah. I have, and that's why Absolutely. I don't have any male friends. Yeah. But, and what happens is when you call people, someone out like that, and there's more of them than there are of you, they continue and then they don't include you sure. in anything. So you're not there to see it anymore. Sure. So, in my mind, for my like, most of my life, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I only interact with nice men, like mm. yourself. <laughs> well, is-
1: isolating bad people can be a dangerous thing, definitely. Yeah. And I think that I've, um, You know, I've come to, you know, physical altercations with people because of the the way that they're communicating with another person, or they're bullying someone, or they're being mean to, whether it be a man or a woman. You know, I've been in in physical altercations. I didn't mention this to you before, but, you know, from the age of maybe 13 onwards, I was doing mixed martial arts and self-defense until the age of about, like, 21 when I left uni. Mm. And... You know, I I found it abhorrent when I saw any kind of bullying, or it's just like my pet peeve is anyone that's hurt trying to hurt w- in whichever way, emotionally or physically, mm. someone who's not as strong as them physically. Yeah, because that person doesn't feel that they can do anything. Yeah, and it's just something that has literally caused me to get into fights before. You know, I've been you know kicked out of school for that before. Yeah, so to assume that someone isn't defending. Mm. You know,
0: it's a bit insulting.
1: It Um, is a bit. I do find it a bit insulting because it's kind of like we should be having these conversations. And you know, I think the counter argument to that is, well, I'm not saying you specifically, but men in general should be having conversations. I get that. Yeah. Um. And if you're not having those conversations, maybe you should be having those conversations. Mm -hmm. But I, I know that myself personally, it's not something that I can bear at all. So it's not something that I've you know, ever dealt well with and it's always led me into actual fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which isn't
0: beneficial to, to
1: us. No. Right? Like it's in a self-preservation way. Like it, so I haven't done
0: um, like martial art background, so for me to kind of uh, have the same uh, viewpoints as you and step in, like, I'm even more a danger because I'm, I'm not trained. I mean, I can like defend myself well, but like I don't have, like, a black belt or, like, a, a prolonged amount of time on one specific martial art. But yeah, I've I've been in alteration, alterations too, where I've 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 nearly had, like lost my eyesight because, wow. like, and I, I nearly had to murder a man. Like you know, the only way I, I knew how to prevent this guy from pushing his thumbs in my eyes was mm. to strangle him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought I'd killed a human being, and that was defending a burlesque dancer who he threw to the floor because the way she was dressed. Mm. Uh, so for me, you know, and, I, and there's been countless other situations like that where where I've I've put myself. At risk, and and you know, there's no, there's a, there's a, there's no nice way to put it when that's ignored uh, or, yeah. or assumed that you've never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this burden to carry that you know you just have to be the good, and then also be painted as the bad. <laughs> yeah Uh, it just kind of pisses
1: me off Um, yeah you have to well yeah you kind of just have to bear it really don't you and i think considering the times we're in and with things like the me too movement and everything i think that women have been obviously poorly treated compared to men that's obvious it's obvious and and i understand the anger and i understand the rage so um i understand that there needs to be a conversation That's Mm. had, and I understand that it's also difficult to communicate that sometimes because how else can you say it other than have conversations with your mates so Mm. that this doesn't happen again? Um, Again, I don't want to get too entrenched in this, but as I was saying, as far as like evil,
3: Mm.
1: I, in a population of 60 to 70 million people that we have within the UK. I do believe that even if you were to educate every man perfectly on how to treat women, mm. I was raised by a woman. I was I was my me and my brother, we were raised just by my mum. She was a single mum mm. and you know, my dad's around, he's just the other side of the world. Yeah. Um and you know, my mum is a, a feminist and she was very much like do everything you can to respect women and, and believe women and all this kind of stuff. But um you know, I think that evil men exist. Yeah. and I think that that will exist, no, no matter what. You do, even if you educate them, mm-hmm. there are going to be men who are evil, yeah. and they will hurt women if they can, mm-hmm. because they feel that it's their right, or it's, you know, they 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 have meant you'd have a mental issue mm-hmm. because you think that you have any kind of, you can decide what happens to another person's body. Yeah, you know, and. That to say, you know, f- f- this should never happen again. You're right; it should never happen again. Mm-hmm. This should never happen again. But unfortunately, education on. or not, there are evil people, and it oh. and it will probably happen again.
0: Yeah, and then that's my my same argument for the movement against toxic masculinity and the the condemnation of any celebration of like <clears throat> combat sports or or um or
1: Meryl Streep, for example, when she was like, "It's not a martial, it's not an you know? art. Martial arts is not an art." It's like. <laughs>
0: say okay. that's uh, the you know misunderstanding
1: the... it completely
3: exactly
0: yeah. but, but but like just the relevancy of combat like if you refuse to uh sit in that world and acknowledge that there is evil in the world then mm. you're subject to being the victim of that evil like, absolutely and um, we wouldn't have won wars we we would have we the world would suck if, if good men didn't fight and good women and good just good people and, and mm. this is the i think one of the things that's going to change in in the immediate future is that <clears throat> the terminology it's rather than saying black and white male and female it should just be good and evil Absolutely. Like, yeah. Good, good, yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see someone by their colour, I don't see someone by their sex or, or, uh, or their political views. I just see like what their moral compass is. Mm. Like, like, are you trustworthy? Can I interact with you without you stabbing me in the back sure. or trying to steal from me? Like, uh, that's all I care and value about. But a lot of people are still stuck in this childish viewpoint. Of well, that. there's a
1: dichotomy, right? There's the, this is how it kind of feels right now is there's these extremities... And there's no middle ground Mm. and i want to interact as much as as possible with people who are in that middle ground Mm. and i'm fortunate enough to know people and be friends with people and be close to people who are in that middle ground Mm. and who are willing to have conversations on the left and willing to have conversations on the right and not panic not accuse Mm. not you know be be able to have these conversations that are uncomfortable conversations without Panicking, yeah. you know, and this is how it feels, you know, Brighton specifically is I think a very, you know, I, I love Brighton I think it's an amazing place to live mm-hmm. but I have a lot of friends here who You know that they're not they're very quick to accuse people of yeah. being sexist or racist or mm-hmm. homophobic or whatever mm-hmm. at, at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. when there's very little thought about intention about context about a lot of things and i think that for me is tough sometimes because you know i i'm i don't think i've ever been accused of anything particularly abhorrent as far as you know racism or sexism or homophobia or anything like that but mm. you know i do feel like oh god am i the next one to be accused of something because yeah. I, I know plenty of people who i've i thought were good people who have been accused of you know homophobia or whatever or racism or whatever mm. and it's just become, it does feel like right now it is quite a toxic environment whereby it feels like, oh, am I allowed to have conversa- comfortable conversations with people where I'm not going to be accused of something particularly? Well, I'll, can I give you an example? Yeah. I'm going to give you an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a girl that I trained, mm-hmm. um, don't need to name names, but perfectly nice girl or whatever. And she, I trained with her and the first session we did, we did some deadlifts. Mm. And she, I think, deadlifted 70 kilos the first time she'd ever deadlifted. And I was like, have you ever deadlifted before? And she was like, no. And I was like, your position's really good. Your form's really good. Mm-hmm. 70 kilos is really good. Like, And I, what I said, and this is where you get attacked, is I said, not many girls can just deadlift 70 kilos like off the bat like that. That's really mm-hmm. strong. And she was like, well, I think that's a sexist comment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how, how is it a sexist comment? And she was like, well, I really think you're undermining and... You know, not, um, you know, undermining women or whatever or not believing that women are strong enough. And she just kind of went on this whole rhetoric of me being sexist. Mm. And I said, well, actually, you know, I've been a PT for quite a long time now and I've trained hundreds of women, Mm -hmm. hundreds. Mm -hmm. And on average, they can't deadlift that much on the first try. Yeah. And you're doing really well. And I'm trying to compliment you. Yeah. And instead of taking it as a compliment that you're strong, you've... you're you're accusing me of being sexist. Yeah. And it was just kind of like
0: <sighs> Yeah, and that is forsaking your data and experience because you as a human being you can only operate on your experience, right? So yeah, like, oh. you've trained this many people and you you've seen, you saw the pattern which is why you came to the conclusion and you said it. So uh, to to just dismiss all of your experience and then just throw in like And it's the... professional
1: experience as well. It's not like I'm talking about her capacity of anything else. I yeah. was talking purely about strength and yeah, about deadlifts. Task. That task, mm-hmm. I know very well. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I know, on average, who's better at it. You know, I know, you know, if you're a 6 year old woman versus a 20-year-old guy, there's going to be a difference in strength there. Yeah. And I was saying, you're doing really well. You're doing a lot better than a lot of people can do on average. Yeah. And she decided to take that as an insult. Yeah. And that's when I'm kind of like, Ugh. See, yeah, that's just you that's your ideology that's just coming straight through in this conversation you can't just take that nicely you know
0: Yeah I, the fear is there man because like it's almost like I don't even know what to say anymore um because I know I've got good intention and I know if let's and let's say uh drink, drinking this this coffee is uh someone suddenly tells us like the way that's sourced is so barbaric to this certain species of creature uh you know that we're we're cancelling you i'd be like oh well i won't drink this coffee anymore i'm sorry i didn't know i'll Mm. address thank you for informing me but for them to be like you are morally corrupt because you're drinking that Mm. coffee whether Mm. you knew or not like Mm. your your soul is of no use anymore that's where i draw the line because you're not giving room for errors yeah
1: Uh, uh it just yeah it's exactly that it's kind of like you know when that person has made a mistake maybe this is a learning opportunity maybe Mm. it's an opportunity for that person to go oh i didn't know that that coffee was born from barbaric behavior Mm. i didn't know that now that i know i'm sorry that i was consuming that and i'll stop consuming it now but it can't a lot of the time it's now not perceived that way it's like too late too late immediate hatred yeah and
0: yeah, and remembering history too. Like this this topic we're going on forever and ever and ever. But I, I guess we could we could end it abruptly. Or uh, yeah, I'll get my last point across. Like remembering history, like there there's a lot of uh, uh, people forgetting like the origin of things and and how the world used to be. But a lot of people, when they look back at history, uh, they assume that it's like right now, instant communication. Uh, perfect way of living mm. like food calories like they're forgetting all of the struggles like the way the world and history used to be, and the reason stereotypes and uh the structure uh is the way it is now is because history was fucking awful, yeah, awful, so hard, and it's not an excuse for any of the systems in place now, but it is the reason for them, mm. and now we're in a position where we can like intelligently change them. We can do that by having fun culture, like uh, being smarter. We don't have to just fucking kill each other and mm-hmm. like just you push people away and highlight. Yep. Like, we can talk to each other. We can have, we can make comedy. We can make content. We can, we can hug it out. We can, we can uh, ask for things. We, we have like legal systems in place. Like I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying, well, we will get there. And there, there really isn't any need to like, just, just you all just hate each other yeah it?
1: and and you know if we've if, if we've let go of physical violence and we've decided not to you know through disagreement if i disagree with you mm. if i beat you in a fight mm. I, i'm right you know <laughs> yeah. and like my my dad literally without getting too much into the history of it you know my dad was brought up in a in a rough school in shrewsbury and mm. um they, you know, he, my dad always jokingly puts on that accent from Shrewsbury and would be like, "I've decked you, I was right," kind of thing. And that's mm. kind of literally just fifty years ago. That's yeah. how it was. It's like I beat you in a fight, so I'm right. Yeah, mine's and, right. You know exactly. <laughs> and we've 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 decided that conversation is a better way to do things. Mm. So let's let people talk. Mm-hmm. Let's let people have complicated, difficult conversations, mm. and not immediately. I'm sure there are people who are probably going to unfollow me just because of this conversation same. now same for sure yeah and frankly if they want to unfollow me when i think that you know i'm bringing a relatively sensible conversation to the table mm-hmm. then i think that it's just unreasonable you're not you're not letting people learn and you're not letting people grow you're just nope you said the wrong thing that one sentence that was the sentence i didn't want to hear done yeah you know and it's what happens a lot with comedians now there's so many yeah. comedians who just say that one wrong thing it's like no you're out, you're out. It's, it's kind of like uh, cultural eugenics like if you don't fit our exact
0: model you don't have the right to live in this world and exist yeah. which is this great it's yeah comparison to marxism the whole thing kind of disgusts me and people that i really admire are, are now guilty in my eyes of like basic basic marxism like and they're not even aware of it like you know i've got friends that are calling for socialism and kind of like Name me a time when that worked. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: and and also we talk. I mean, pure Marxism, Mm. because like, you know, again, I was brought up in France, which is like, you know, socialist, as you would say in French. It's sort of like it is socialist, so to speak, but it's Mm. like a democracy socialist. So it's like it's not a, it's not it's not Marxist by any means, but Mm. it is a a lot more, I would say, left leaning than England. and there are certain elements of that that I think are brilliant. You mm-hmm. know, I think that in France, what I saw as far as healthcare, for example, amazing. Oh, really? So I think that that's like, that's something that I think that we could go more left-leaning. You know, the NHS needs more funding. <laughs> and that's like a personal belief. I think that that is a, it's an, a shame. It's shameful that the government isn't putting more money into mm-hmm. the NHS because I know what a well-funded medical system brings to a country and in france you know i was sick same day booked in sorted wow and in england it's just weeks and weeks of waiting so i think that there are these elements of things like education things like medical care and things like that i think where it's government funded and where the government is putting sufficient funds into it that's a brilliant thing Mm -hmm. now on the flip side of that in france it was like starting up a business being self-employed all right not gonna happen you know as a PT this is why I moved to England was mm. because I passed my PT exam and it was like try to be a PT in France and not work for a gym mm. and there's not many slots in gyms to be a PT at all that's strange so it's very very different, and the French don't understand it as well like no offense maybe it's changed in the last five years since I've been gone but when I was there it was kind of like I pay you to train me? Why would I pay you to train me? Whereas in England it's like, well of course you're giving me a service and I'm giving you money. Yeah, so it matter, kind of it? makes sense. Whereas in France it's just it's it is a lot more left-leaning. Yeah. So there's there things work on both sides, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I want myself some more coffee. Yeah, man, yeah Sorry, we're going coffee. deep in already. Yeah, yeah I didn't
0: even go. introduce you. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> so you is. some more? Uh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover me up, yeah. It's the first time I've had black coffee for a while. Yeah, that we're really going to be buzzing really in a minute. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Fixing world problems. <laughs> So, if you're still listening and you were enraged by us discussing that, like, stop and think about that. Why are you enraged? Because we have the right to debate it. We only conclude conclusions by thinking and talking about things. And I really want to hit that home to listeners, uh, because like I th- I fear the onslaught of saying the wrong thing and just getting the comment section of someone that just they write their comment and they post. They never they never see the retaliation, the retort, the the structured thought process behind the response they just and they refuse to and i've seen people like i've showed people things and they i've seen them like skim read i'm like no 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 like every single word yeah in that response has a meaning that's what language is like take it apart and understand it otherwise mm. you're as bad as they are like mm. come on yeah i i think the, the real key behind any of this is that people people need to work on themselves to to be better like better calmer more rational thinking people because you can then see when someone is like unnegotiable and what do you do with someone unnegotiable you just interact with them mm-hmm. like, and you or you know that person becomes so unnegotiable and so trapped in their in their narrative that they become an evil person mm. and what do you with evil people that's up for debate do we imprison them do we uh, I know like some countries execute them do you like what, yeah. what the hell do we do with them that's another yeah. debate for another day but like at least we can acknowledge that they're evil and they're good and we can't start calling good people evil because they're similar looking or of the same gender as the bad people that is heading down a bad road <laughs> terrible um right <laughs> we I'd, fuck I'd, this I'd, up? I'd, I'd agree with that I would agree, with that. I, would agree with that
1: I think it is it's a dangerous path to go down to start saying you know all white people are bad yeah you know all these people are bad this group yeah straight people are bad or whatever yeah whatever yeah. it may be but like the, the group think is dangerous definitely I think it's it's a it's a dangerous place to be, where you're unaccepting of other opinions, mm-hmm. and I think that I've always grown more and learned more with people who are willing to dialogue from me, with me, from the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, and just reasonable conversations is all that's needed sure. right now.
0: Well, yeah. so let's let's do this as like a thought exercise. Then, like, let's say me and you right now, we don't get along, we we reach like an impasse. Like, what, what do we do? Because I I, I I this is, I've known you all of. Forty minutes, and I already can tell that you're a rational thinking, reasonable human being. So let's say I don't like your tattoo. You don't like my tattoo. Like, what? What do we do? Like, why did you get that specific tattoo? Like, it offends me. It just
3: <laughs> something. Uh, <laughs> fucked this metaphor <laughs> up. <laughs> I hate that tattoo. Hey, that
0: brand. That brand. So the brand of your show, Qu Q- 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 Quetra, like, Quetra, Yeah. Uh, let's say I've got some bad business ties of those people, and I just like I hate that you're wearing them, but you. You promote them, like, what What do we do? Like, at what point do I need to step down? What point do you need to step down? Like, do you need to apologise for, if they benefit you, they provide you with warm, stretchy clothing for, <laughs> for gym wear? Like, all my quarrel is that they didn't give me it because they're not what I'm looking for. Sure. Like...
1: Well, I think the thing is you have to... It's what we're saying. I think you, you, you have the conversation and you get all of your points out. Mm-hmm. You say all of your points... And if they don't agree with you, and you've said everything that you can say that you think are cogent, good arguments, and they don't want to believe you, then that's it. That it stops there. You, mm-hmm. There's nothing more to say. Okay, we disagree, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's, doing, yeah, it's, it's okay. We can disagree. It, it doesn't. It's <laughs> not the end of the world. And we don't have to get along on everything. We don't have to all agree on every topic. Mm-hmm. We can disagree on certain things and not end each other's careers. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and if we go to a party, we're both there. Like We don't have to wish each other, like, death. Like, yeah. Just, to yeah. just give a wave, like, yeah. civil humility. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That was reasonable. Very reasonable. <laughs> but, there you go. That's all we needed. For fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Intro like... now, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Charles is a strength and conditioning coach and a strongman and powerlifter competitor. He uh, also has a psych- psychology degree and uh, we're also going to briefly talk about crypto or well, not briefly probably for a very long time uh crypto and uh the 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 study of steroids and PEDs which is past personal... no
1: no performance enhancing drugs performance
0: enhancing drugs yeah. which fascinates me too and then a quick Q&A so strap in motherfuckers cuz it's already been a ride <laughs> 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 okay so let's start with strength and conditioning yeah. um yeah, so you, Gus, Yogo, you will kinda of do that in Brighton Gym and, and
1: Yeah, so we we all are coaches in Pure Gym Brighton Central. Um so we I think I was the last to arrive actually, so I think I'm I'm the newest of the three PTs, but you know, I've been doing it a while now. And um I would say that I got so hooked on training from a very early age mm. um and that was just general training and as I said like I played rugby I did martial arts I've also done like swimming and athletics and gymnastics and you know a lot of different stuff and my mum was always really good at you know just going do you want to try that do you want to try that do you want to try that and if it didn't stick doesn't really matter just try another thing and she yeah. wasn't pushy at all with it but she just you know opened the doors to a lot of things That's And has got cool us to so. yeah do different stuff and you know I um I got into weightlifting specifically around the age of like 16, 17 mm-hmm. and then at 18 I got into a gym and that's when it was just like I'm done. This is this is my focus How now much. like this is a... and it was weird because I started um I got my psychology degree in order to start working in marketing and advertising because my dad has always worked in advertising. Mm-hmm. Still works in advertising, you know, nearing 70 now and he's like I'm not stopping. He loves it. He always right. wanted to do it um if my dad is watching this sorry um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. he he was like you're going to be a great ad man you're going to be a great ad man you need to get into it and i and i started actually working in Trinidad and Tobago on a, in a marketing company Ogilvy um and that was just like short term just trying to get m- my foot in the door to understand the how it worked a little bit better mm. and much as it's a great career and it's very interesting and everything i just found that while I was there, my focus was not on that. Even though I was enjoying it, my focus was still on where's the closest gym? Where do I train? I need to read more information about training. I was 18 at the time, so I was just like, I need to I need to learn more about training. That's all I cared about. So I got out of uni, and I was just kind of like this much. So I could start to go down that path. mm I, I this is the only thing for me and I've and I and I just basically shifted gears so I got the psychology degree and didn't really serve me very well because I just shifted straight into training and um yeah as soon as I could I moved to England um and yeah started working at my first interview was pure gym oh. and uh just went in and they liked me and I just like the next week started working there oh yeah um yeah and that was just great and I was just over the moon and I just wanted to live there basically Mm -hmm. and I had never really worked in a gym before um so to just be in that environment was just like I just loved it yeah and I I can't imagine doing anything else I feel like I found my absolute dream job Nice. now obviously I've got goals as far as I want to you know me and Gus are thinking of opening our own space at at some point um but that's you know it's just all part of the journey. I'm not rushing to get there, but yeah. that's definitely part of it. Yeah. The way it goes. Yeah.
0: So as a psychology student, have you analyzed your your psychology behind wanting to lift? Like what what fires up that passion?
1: A lot of things, I'd say. So um you know, I, I don't want to get too dark and morbid with it, <laughs> but um you know, I I I had a good childhood, like I, I don't think it was a a bad childhood it was my brother and myself we were in the south of france in rural south of france in perpignan which is like there's not not a lot going on there and um you know we we were bullied a little bit because there weren't at that point it was like 2003 2002 something like that it was before all the expats had started moving to france all these english people started moving to france so we were like some of the first we were in fact the first english kids in that school there were no other no other nationalities apart from French, they were all French and then just me and my brother who were English. So we didn't speak the language at all, Mm -hmm. Uh, we got bullied a little bit, we got you know picked on a little bit but I would say that we were big Mm -hmm. like from the get-go my brother and me, the Catalans are very short people, they're stocky but they're quite small and my brother and I immediately were bigger so you know they'd pick on us but we'd give it back kind of thing. And you know, various things happened within my my childhood, which made me feel sometimes disempowered, I would say, where I felt, you know, like I, cu- I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't help someone or I couldn't protect someone or whatever. I wasn't able to do it because I just wasn't physically strong enough because mm. uh, I was too small and I was too young and I was a chubby little kid and mm. that was it. And that's why i think when i started martial arts and rugby that gave me a massive sense of empowerment and just like i can do something i can yeah. i can fight back kind of thing <laughs> have a chance <laughs> exactly i can exactly i can have a chance at, at fighting back kind of thing and then i just got into weightlifting and i think that that was just such a an easy transition from rugby and, and martial arts so I kept, kept on doing martial arts for my entire time at university mm. um, but I was doing four or five training sessions at the gym a week plus my three martial arts training sessions a week so I was doing a lot but my focus was always on the weightlifting because much as I've always loved martial arts it's not quite as scalable I would say as, as why well, it definitely isn't as scalable as weightlifting I would say so by that in martial arts you can learn new movements you can learn a kata whatever mm-hmm. you can in jiu-jitsu you can learn a new grab a new hook whatever and that's satisfying but with weightlifting it's like every week you're like 70 kilos 72 kilos 74 kilos and you're just seeing yourself getting stronger mm-hmm. yeah and for me that was hugely gratifying to just be like this week i'm stronger than last week <laughs> next week i'm stronger than this week and it's just it just keeps going so that was why i think it kept pushing me to do it more and more and more was just seeing the results accomplishments yeah <clears throat> i i started out again as like when i was doing martial arts when i was 17 or 18. my coach richard he was always pushing for me to use my reach you know i've got long limbs so like when i was striking he was always saying you know reach 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 you're, you're tall use it use it use it mm. and it meant that I was fighting guys who were shorter than me and bigger mm. and I was kind of skinny and tall. Yeah. Cause I just had a grasp. Like, like when I was 13, I just fucking went up. I was like yeah. five, eight and then just went six, four. <laughs> so, um, I then, but then when I started weightlifting, I went from like 69 kilos to 80 kilos in about a year. Wow. And now I'm like 115 kilos. So like I've gone from, I've nearly doubled in weight, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I'm not as, as fast maybe as I was before, but like God damn! Do I feel stronger? Like I—I yeah. I feel my strength, and that's nice. Knowing that, you know, we were we we're talking about that topic of, um, obviously, this is a little bit off, but um, you know, f- being able to deal with a threat. Yeah. And for me, I didn't feel like I was able to deal with any kind of threat. Mm. If they were to, someone was to attack me, I felt like I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then the better at martial arts, and the stronger I got, and the bigger I got. I just had this confidence where I was just kind of like, I'm not really worried as much. Mm. So whereas I would go out at night, I always have this little anxiety, even though I've never really jumped or anything like that. I had this anxiety, like, what's going to happen at night? Is, there, is someone going to attack me? Is there is there a guy behind me? Is there someone going to, you know, try and mug me or whatever? So I always was, and me and my brother are the same. We've always had this, but we've always kind of got this, like, fight mode engaged like mm. whenever we're alone and it's dark and there's something could happen i don't know what it was in our Instant childhood but too. we're just sort of like gotta go gotta go we just switch on fight mode for some reason i don't know yeah um and i think that as i got bigger and stronger that just started to sort of like dull down a little bit mm. and i was more just like i don't know. i'm not really wide yeah and that was nice to just let that anxiety level drop because yeah. i was getting i believed in myself more that i was strong mm. and that i could Protect myself. I was just like, no, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, that was Johnny. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, you no, li- no. are. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm. This is what I'm
1: saying. I'm kind of the opposite to Gus, where I'll just go deep dive into something. You need <laughs> to stop right. me if ever I'm just windling or something and talking nonsense.
0: No, no, no that was exactly what I wanted. The, um, the psychology of of why we do things is important because like. It, essentially why the world is the way it is Mm. so yeah safety is uh, an interesting one like particularly uh, i I spoke to gus briefly about like how we kind of like we need to sacrifice some instincts in order to evolve as like a species but i don't think safety is one of them (laughs) no (laughs) like i know like aggression uh, is a bad thing but like let's say um we encounter uh or you know I won't go to an alien route because I always do. Uh, So uh, (laughs) let's say there's an issue, a cataclysm, an earthquake, a volcano, whatever, a meteor. um, And then humanity uh, has a huge setback. Resources don't get spread around. Um, Unfortunately, we're called upon aggression, violence to defend good. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> because those yep. evil people they don't go away. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so I think it's important that we maintain that instinctive psychology to be safe, like going out at night. Like, so someone someone made a jab at me in this recent movement about like oh, it's okay for you to go out and do your David Goggins run late at night as a man, but I as a girl can't do that. And I was like, I I didn't. Feel you didn't safe. feel comfortable. But I carried sure. like I carried a. Like a knife. Like, yeah, yeah, like, you're like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like you can't be arrested for it now, but it could have been at the time. Mm. And uh, the fact that I could be arrested for defending myself is, yep. yeah. Like I, I'm up, and also like I'm not that strong. i people might think. Oh, I'm a six foot dude and I can fight like yeah, I can fight but like it's wily <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, It's just like yeah. hoping for the best
1: haymakers basically exactly. yeah, 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 and
0: it doesn't matter if I was the best fighter in the world if they have a, a knife or a gun mm. I'm fucked. It's like like the world isn't nice like, But I took that risk upon myself to go out because I, I Have a certain degree of trust but like here in Brighton alone. I've been in Five six interactions all at night with groups of like evil people mm. that wanted to single out an individual and made their life hell. Like, mm. I had to fight a group mm. of guys. I had to pull a guy's earrings out of his ear uh, while the other ones were, like, hitting me with the head. Yeah. And it was only the sight of blood that made them go away. Like, that is, I didn't win that fight. It was luck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that That kind of shit happens all the time. Like, yeah. we're not safe. We never will be.
1: Like Now, the, the, the argument, on the other hand, of that is... Women are more vulnerable. For sure. And that's where I understand that, that fear is that, like, well if i go out at night the likelihood of people attacking me is definitely lower mm. because i'm bigger and i'm yeah. strong they've got more of it to and risk. there's there's <laughs> they exactly they kind of look at me and they're like maybe not worth it yeah um and women are more vulnerable in that case so well, i understand that fear i completely get it but mm. i i would agree with you you know i don't i don't feel 100% comfortable mm. going out at night it's just, it's you know evil lurks in the dark yeah and those people are there. Man, woman, whatever. And, you know, obviously the risk is much bigger for women. It's a, it's a worse risk and it's scarier for women, definitely. But I think that risk is still there for men. Mm. And I've certainly been scared in the past. And a lot of, I think a lot of my aggression originally within martial arts and within, you know, weightlifting now, I mean, if you, if you've ever watched any videos of me competing, I, I kind of go a bit, I go into that dark place, I really go into dark place, and people who don't get it, who haven't really been into that dark place, they kind of, a lot of people laugh, because they Mm. see me kind of like screaming, I'm like, I'm there, I'm like right at murder zone, like, and a lot of that I think stems from originally fear, Mm. and I, and it was, it was fear, and and I channeled it, and I channeled it into aggression, Mm. and for me, that turned out to be a great thing because I can then take that aggression out on the weights. And I think for me, that was massively useful, but it was fear originally, I think. Mm. I think a a lot of that aggression, even the aggression I have under control now, a lot better. I've gone through therapy for aggression. That's like the kind of situation I was in because it stemmed from fear that turned into aggression that now I've got control of and that A lot better in any case I kind of can control it and I don't ever get into arguments with people whatever really I can control myself but you know it was fear it was fear originally it was like and going out into dark places at night I absolutely had that fear there I was ready I was like something's gonna happen something's gonna happen all the time
0: Yeah, and rightly so, because, like, say, monsters come out in the dark, man. Like, you know, not just humans, but, like, we live on a planet with other creatures, like, predators. Like, put the context of walking through the woods and you've got big cats and bears. Like, like.
1: The US is not safe. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, people, like, people, you know what's it called anthropomorphize mm. bears and things like that and then oh the cute bear they will kill you yeah. immediately let's Fuck stop pretending <laughs> that a bear is nice a bear is not nice unless you have beaten it its entire life into being you know a timid victim yeah but if if not it's going to kill you if yeah. it can yeah. so i that's a dangerous thought to think oh you know, animals, they're fine. You know, you see so many videos of people going, like, tourists and stuff, going up to bears, like, trying to take a selfie. It's like, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world is dangerous and animals are dangerous. Yeah. They will hurt you if they can.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and because they're scared. So, yeah, yeah again, it's that, that that energy. It's an interesting... Um, I'm heavily focused currently on, like, um like what energy is. Like, and call it spiritual woo-woo, whatever. Like, I believe the... the whatever it is that's in our... The electrical current or the call of consciousness or whatever in our brain that functions these limbs which make us do shit and interact and do like like what like what the fuck is that like that's energy right like, yeah yeah we listen to music we get hyped up we uh, listen to sad songs we go low down like that's exchange of energy and fear is an energy so you managed to like capture it harness it and now you can utilize it for for like good uh, yeah. and then a lot of people that are scared use it for bad um or, or or just the uselessness like you know what is the use in someone runs at you with a knife screaming and ah like surely better spend that energy in like a, a concerted effort to get like a ribbon or something yeah, <laughs> or you know, yeah. sure. like something you know like uh or you know just how we respond to fear like <laughs> on that goggins run um my friend mel that ran with me and uh, at nine o'clock, um, I did the the 5 a.m. one on my own, and there was this one street lamp that just kept going on and off. <laughs> and it was along this really long road. And I, I, I when I got under it, it, went, it was like a prolonged darkness. And I was just like, fuck. And like, my heart rate went <laughs> Just get that I adrenaline high, rush, yeah. suddenly start, start <laughs> to run faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I picked up yeah, yeah. my pace a bit. But there was a noise to my left, and uh, my reaction was like, I mean, out of context, I look like a lunatic. Yeah, <laughs> I just to sure, screaming sure, to my yeah. left. But, um, yeah, the energy that, like, it went into, like, an aggressive sort of defense mode. Mm. I was kind of, like, low-key proud of myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't, like, just run away and scream. Or, you know? Well, it's,
1: fi- it's fight, flight, or freeze, isn't it? Mm. You know, and I think the worst one there is freeze. But fl- flight is an absolutely justifiable way of getting out of a situation. You know, mm. I-, I remember I used to run when I was a kid um, in the countryside. And um, there was some a farm nearby had dogs oh. and they were sort of like they were like a doberman mix type dog so big black with the brown chest dog yeah. and i was like 15 16 and i remember just not hearing anything i was just running like near their, their house and just silent just sprinted out at me <laughs> mate <laughs> i remember the adrenaline i just went i didn't make a noise i just went full i was going like <laughs> jog into full sprint. And I managed to, like, I guess get out of their territory because they just kind of got to a point where they just both stopped and I was like, I'm not going to move further forward. So whether that was just, like, good training or whatever on their part, but they didn't make a noise. They didn't bark That's at me. They just boy, sprinted at me. <laughs> and I was like, and I remember just, like, for, like, five minutes afterwards just kind of panting, staring at the floor. So that, yeah, I get that energy. <laughs> I, I've been there. I've been there. I've been
2: there
0: that's terrible it's silent sprinting doberman. yeah that's, yeah. that's <laughs> one of the worst things in human being can see. Yeah. <laughs> well done man <laughs> uh okay so let's let's head promptly into uh completing it's competing in like powerlifting and strongmen so um essentially like uh, oh oh quick intermediate point gus talked about eddie hall uh being hypnotized to use the fear yeah. of his family being injured to, yeah. to get stronger yeah. right? so and the, the proof in the pudding that you've kind of utilized your fear to do the same yeah. thing and get stronger um i wanted to go into your mindset of like where you go in your head when you uh power lift uh, and compete as a strong man and and maybe we could break down to the people that are listening that don't know what those are like
1: what it is so i think uh dr G- so dr Stuart mcgill is a really good person to look into on this so he's a uh, I don't want to get his title wrong, but he's a a knee and back injury rehab expert um, Mm -hmm. out of Canada. He's a professor and he's very, very knowledgeable about this sort of stuff. And he's worked with people like Ed Cohn. And if you know much about powerlifting, Ed Cohn, probably the greatest of all time powerlifter. Mm -hmm. And Stuart McGill talks a lot about neural drive. And this is kind of what we're going to refer to a lot here is neural drive. And what that means is, you know, in layman's terms, it's just that capacity to switch on Mm -hmm. and just be like dialed in and the best competitors i've ever seen and witnessed they know how to get there mm. now for a lot of it's going to manifest in different ways for a lot of people for a lot of people it can be like me it has in the past certainly been rage and i just need to rage and how you get to that point is either thinking about the hurt that's happened to you in your past it can be you know you don't have to go to that place but it can be things like that it can be past pain and past whatever you know your history that can hurt sometimes yeah. and if you've had a life with some pain in it you can utilize that um i, I have other times for me it's been where i've i literally have a hype playlist <laughs> on uh, youtube or whatever and instagram as well where i've just got video after video of just something that gets me going okay. and it's it could be whatever you know it could be it's in the, often it's very primal as you were saying like instinctual things so for me mm-hmm. one of those was uh one of those videos that's great for me have you ever seen the film logan
0: uh, yeah 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 so
1: logan, yeah. yeah so do you, re- do you remember the scene in it where he gets a uh, berserker rage and he hit the clone of him who's the little girl um she's being chased through the forest by the bad guys basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes into full on dad protection mode and like injects himself with the serum <laughs> and just starts <laughs> screaming while sprinting through the forest to go and get kill everyone basically and that's like one of the videos that I utilize. It's just that kind of... It's very primordial, instinctive rage. Mm. And you develop that. You learn how to do it. It's not something that you just have. And that's what I think newbies to the gym don't really get. Mm-hmm. And you, don't really, you shouldn't really need it when you're starting in the gym. And that's yeah, something yeah. that I, I do say to people in the start is stop raging. You don't need it. Just, yeah, just, just do your now. lift. Make sure your technique is right. You could not hype at all and continually progress for several years. Yeah. It's when you get 8, 10, 12 years deep where it's like that neural drive is going to be massively important. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, again, it can manifest in different ways. It can be rage. It can be fear. Like, again, with Eddie Hall, he used that you know fear of someone hurting his family, mm-hmm. and that's how he was manifesting it in his deadlift. It can be for other people um, just almost a meditative state Mm. so just silence they have no emotion Mm -hmm. and for them that's how they key into perfect position perfect form and that non-thinking sort of flow state yeah and for them that's what gets them to go um for me most it's been rage though (laughs) for me rage works better i would say if i'm really going for something that's like beyond what i'm even think i'm capable of i need to rage
0: yeah hell yeah yeah rage rage is a is a powerful tool yeah my my tool, I guess, for um, getting ambitious is uh, you know that speech with um, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky. Yeah, just like along at some point along the way, you lost yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that <just> hits home. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, you you mentioned David Goggins. You know, can't hurt me was a great book, and I and I, I remember. Reading that book, just the book in and of itself, the energy. Like, I, I, so I used Audible to, I think Audible's great, by mm. the way. If you don't have Audible, get Audible <laughs> because it allows you to listen to their actual voice and you understand their intention through their voice yeah. a little bit better, I think, sometimes than just the words on the page. Yeah. And when you hear David Goggins speaking about his experiences. Mm. <sighs> I guess that gets me fired up because yeah. he, you know, it's the, those hardships and that failure, 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 and then getting it mm. that just gets me to go mental. You know, like I, I, that's what I love about weightlifting as well. You know, for me, getting a two hundred kilo deadlift, which I, like, I obviously doesn't really matter, but like, I've easily got a two hundred kg deadlift now. Like, I've done it a, th- a thousand times before. Yeah. But I failed two hundred kilos on a deadlift. 10 times 12 times something mm. like that just Countlessly failing it and I was like I'm never going to be able to do it I'm never going to be able to do it mm. And then just one day it just clicked And just that getting that was just oh, You just get this this feeling That you can't compare it to anything else like it's, it's Just not it's this feeling Of like Like you've Truly succeeded at something mm. and you've Truly done something that you thought was in, Impossible mm. and you It's difficult to find that in other places In the world in, yeah. in Day to day experiences.
0: I think video games, you know, like that that classic Xbox, like <laughs> even and then
2: you
1: pull that. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, hello. <laughs> I did unlock that. Rifle, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's it. Is the same thing a little bit with? I, I think you get that at a lesser lesser extent. Definitely, yeah, like but with point one percent. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, I would say it can be more definitely because I think with games, you know, there's God of War, for example. That's mm. it. Where you're trying to beat that boss over and over and over and over again. You keep dying, keep dying, keep dying, and then you get it. You're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's that's it's a similar feeling. Yeah. But it's just ten times it by a hundred. Yeah. And then then you get what that feeling is you get like, the endorphins with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh help us up drinks by the way. Um any? Yeah, any man, yeah. Any, any and every. Human, human food too. Oh that's it for you. didn't advert. Human food sponsor the podcast. What is this? Um, human yeah. food is like a, a plant based nutrient oh, bar. Wow. So it gives you all the kind of uh, nutritional bit. So we have a look. Yeah, ma'am. Let's have a yeah, look. tell me your your genuine opinion. It, it doesn't have to be uh are these are different flavors me? I'm guessing. Yeah, so the flavors are kind of like in the bottom left hand corner and then all the oh, ingredients. So. Okay, okay,
1: okay. Uh nuts, spirulina, not going to go for that one, turmeric, interesting. Orange orb. Goji. Bear. I'm going to go with goji. Bear. Everyone loves Those go are goji bear. interesting flavors.
0: Yeah, ma'am. They're a cool company. I'll let you know.
1: Yeah. So,
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> live on air. I'm gonna tag it. to human food. You're welcome, Human Food. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in human food, you can get 20% off with uh, discount code Alex Ren. Um, I use them all through the Gorgons challenge. Um, they they helped a lot. Mm. <laughs> uh, they even supplied me with a running top, which is nice of them. Oh, that's nice. I like it. Yeah. Mm. I just, I prefer like seeing what I'm eating. Like if I if someone gave me like a meal on a plate, I have no idea what's in it was it. So, like how many grams of protein? How many grams? am I eating too much? Too little? Whatever. Like uh, I suppose Gus would argue, use uh, my fitness pal to measure it. <laughs> but yeah, if it like yes, it doesn't have barcode, I can't do that. So um, yeah, just knowing that I'm getting vitamins in me and stuff is reassuring. And, yeah,
2: like,
0: that's good. Like it. Yeah, there you go. Human food, approved. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also I like the fact that they're subscription based because I always I find something nice to eat and then I forget about it Uh, whereas (laughs) if they just continually post it to me and money comes out my bank oh okay cool
1: (laughs) probably need to reach it now (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah. and they last for a while so
2: yeah
1: all good
0: okay so back to psychology because I'm fascinated still by that Um, do you think question I'm literally formulating currently on the spot (laughs) terrible idea (laughs) do you think that um like you were talking about the neural pathways um neural so much, drive, you know, yeah. drive yeah like mm. allowing you so gus kind of touched upon that as well and I, i'm heavily into the subject of uh like psilocybin uh, being a cure for depression ptsd uh like a fatigue laziness like you name it whatever i, I believe it, and uh, proof in my own personal life um it allows you to do more uh by connecting neural pathways um like even down to how much I can use my hand like I, I've had strong hands anyway from making jewelry and bending platinum and using pliers for like my whole youth so like I, I know I had strong hands but with the use of psilocybin i I feel like every piece of sinew <laughs> like I, so
1: have you t- have you taken psilocybin and then actually done your work or is this just at different times you uh, mean, like take uh, it and then another day you feel that improvement in just like motor from, skills
0: from that point your motor skills go up okay uh, like and there doesn't seem to be a dwindling yeah um, including so i did the gorgons challenge um which was if you're new to this you don't know this uh, four mile runs every four hours for 48 hours and then i overran it by two extra miles in the day before I had done four so I ended up doing something around 50 why would you do (laughs) that? (laughs) because I love the pain (laughs) (laughs) so my legs were fucked like absolutely fucked I went from like full like uh, gait movement speed running very fast doing four miles in about 20 25 minutes uh, to an hour and twenty minutes, moving very slowly at five in the morning, nine in the morning, like wanting to vomit. Just it was just a, how much pain could I take? Sounds fucking horrendous. It was brutal. Um, but the next day, I uh, consumed two grams of psilocybin, and then I stretched my legs out, like because it allows you to stretch in ways that you, or push further than you would naturally because the discomfort kind of goes away, right? Okay. And the next day absolutely fine, felt wow. fucking great, I could jump, I could, like, it was incredible what that stuff can do to your your, your muscles, and it, it was almost automatic, like, the second I consumed it, the the desire to lay down and start moving my legs and my feet and, and get my toes and the, the ligaments and the tendons just moving, it was almost like it was, like, a repairing... Uh, it's easy to attach like a woo-woo spiritual like it's like the spirits yeah. are going to the pain or you know, but... which
1: is what a lot of people who don't believe in um, you know hallucinogenic drugs will often use as an example just to be mm-hmm. like uh, dismissive of it you know yeah. it's woo-woo well, actually yeah. there's a lot of evidence behind it now yeah
0: because we, we referred to instinct earlier uh, so rather take away the spiritual side of like a, a god or a spirit have, you know, showing you what's wrong with your body it could just be it allows your body to instinctively know what's going wrong and what's and what's good and uh, for sure, like it, it's, it, it works. So, with the neural connection, do you believe that as you go through strength tra- training for a long period of time, you're kind of naturally formulating those? Definitely. R- Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Which yeah. do, you, do you think it's made you not only stronger, but like smarter, more cognitive, quicker thinking?
1: Uh, physically, sure. But not yeah. mentally. I don't know about uh, as far as mental acuity. Uh, if anything, I think on those days of training, your mental acuity is dropped following those sessions, obviously, because depending on how you're training, I think if it's a light, easy session, obviously your mental acuity will be fine, if not, maybe improved, because as you say, you know, you're just kind of waking everything up and getting everything moving, and that's definitely good for your brain, I think, for those sessions where I'm pushing for something really heavy, something that's really difficult, you're, you're newly drained afterwards. So it's almost the opposite where you you just want to kind of like, just stop moving. Your body just goes into like, yep, you need to stop now. and obviously you can fight that for a certain amount of time, but I think post-workout on a really difficult session, mental acuity drops, definitely. You just kind of fall into a hole and you're kind of just like staring. <laughs> if, you, if you've if you seen, I mean, our staff from at Pure Gym, you know, if if you see someone who does big, big, heavy session, very rarely are they kind of like raring to go afterwards. <laughs> They're just kind of slumped in a chair afterwards for about 45 minutes just staring into nothing. <laughs> so uh, it, I wouldn't say it's great for mental acuity and stuff like that, um, Post-workout, yeah. Um, for your the health of your body in general, and for the health of your brain, definitely. Yeah, good thing. Yeah, because you're 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 getting things moving. You're getting synovial fluid into your joints. You're getting blood flowing around the body, and that you're oxy- oxygenating your blood. All of that is super important. So obviously, for the the functioning of your brain, activity is massively important. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I want to combine them
1: all I want to, yeah, <laughs> into one single element yeah yeah
0: one delicious training regime that makes me superhuman. um <laughs> yeah i'm not there yet i'm working on the willpower um like like you were talked about earlier like the fear so you, your fear of like physical interaction made you physically strong my fear of social uh social rejection through failure to articulate properly or uh outwit someone that's a charlatan has made me focus more on like the, the the mind and 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 how I can speak and, and come up with like different ways to get my opinion across. Because I could sit and I could post shit on Instagram all day, or I could do a, like a podcast and actively speak to people and and have opinions back and forth and and get those opinions out. I think that's like that's the weightlifting of that world right <laughs> um, you yeah. whereas people like going for gentle like dumbbell lifts in the form of a st- 15 second story like i think this is about the world like 15 <laughs> seconds later that's gone no yeah. one's ever going to see again sure. whereas i can put this content out on multiple platforms it's long form you can rewind it you can you can single out if i say something really bad you can you can take that segment and you can use it against me and yeah. hopefully you will because yeah. i'm a piece of shit if i do but i don't <laughs> because i'm a good person yeah <laughs> so, yeah so that makes me invulnerable in a way so yeah, my my strength training currently is like not quite academic because I'm not really looking into the uh, the science when a lot of stuff. It's more uh, moral intent uh, behind things. That was a ramble.
1: <laughs> I I do uh, I do understand where you're going with that though, and I think uh, I like the idea. Do you know Ross Edgley at all? You, you kind of you ever heard of him or not? No. So. Um, I've referred to him a few times in the last few months, and the reason I do that is because uh, an amazing athlete. So he's, um, he's done the great, he did the Great British Swim. I don't know if you've heard of but that what, he around? Li- he's, yeah, around all of Britain, and it took him like 300 days or something. It was just insane. Um, he's also ran a marathon pulling a car, and just, just, <laughs> just ridiculous. He climbed the height of Everest on a rope. And it took him like 20 hours or something. Just insane oh, feats of strength and endurance. Yeah. Um, but what he talks about and has spoken about in his books is the athlete scholar. And, you know, it's that ancient Greek thought of, you know, you don't just have to be an athlete. You don't just have to be an academic. You can be in the middle and you can succeed at both. Mm-hmm. And something that I dislike... Quite strongly about how people think now is that you have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot with, you know, people often refer to me as a meathead. Mm -hmm. And then I put something up on my Instagram or something that's, you know, deep, however you want to describe it. And I get messages, oh, you're not just a meathead. And they say, you know, oh, you're not just, oh, you don't just lift weights. Oh, you don't just pick up a bar. It's like, I think that's often an excuse by people who are not willing to put in physical effort. Mm Um, for them to just be able to dismiss you as an idiot because, well, you just pick up weights so you're not, like, you're not all there. Mm -hmm. Your mind isn't all there. But your your body's great, well done, but you're a bit of an idiot, aren't you? And the other way, as well, with people who are overly focused on their body, Mm -hmm. overly focused on strength, and not, or whatever, endurance, whatever, but they're not delving into the mind, and they're not delving into personal development and growth and you know developing themselves intellectually often those types of people who are whatever an actual meathead Mm. they are dismissive of people who are academics because they're kind of like you're you're just you know you're weak you're Yeah, yeah. yeah sure you know things but you're weak yeah so you know I'm better than you kind of thing and that middle ground exists and i think that everyone should strive for that because yes. you can be physically very capable mm-hmm. and you can be clever you don't have to be an idiot because you lift weights yeah. and i just, i would like to see more people trying to see that there is again i'm i'm obsessed with the middle and i think that <laughs> i think there's a middle ground there as well where try to be try to be smart and lift weights don't just do one or the other yeah. you know
0: yeah, you yeah, are work on, like, read a book as you powerlift. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe not that far, but, you know, maybe listen to an Audible book while you're training. Sure, why not? <laughs> <recited>. <laughs> I've seen it in the gym before, but you're definitely just getting one stimulus and not the other there, or you're half-arsing two things rather yeah, than yeah. whole-arsing one, you know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, developing, developing yourself intellectually while being a competitive athlete, I think, is massively important mm. so that you don't just get too obsessed with your... Physical strength, or goals, or composition, or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a shame that you get stereotyped, man, by people. Online. And like, I knew it would happen when like. It, that's that's just like you say, people that um are unwilling that don't see and have no comprehension of what you do or what mm. you could be. Like, you know, you're you're fucking smart. Like, just from talking to you for however long this has been, like, uh, to for someone to dismiss you is like just a meathead It's like. Agonising and insulting.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is. Ins- yeah. It is a little bit insulting, but you know, I can only, I can only prove those people wrong by showing them my actions. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the time when I say to people, you know, I can I can speak French fluently. I passed my psychology degree in French, and you know, I studied Chinese and I can speak Spanish relatively well. And you know, I've I've got degrees and I've and I haven't just. I haven't just gone down the path of strength. Yeah. You know, it's not just that. Yeah. And I think that upsets people sometimes because they don't want to think that you can be both. Yeah. And I'm not the greatest athlete in the world, nor am I, I'm certainly not the greatest intellectual, but by striving to do a bit of both, you mm-hmm. can be a better person and you can do more for the world and for your friends and for your family. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that people need to be a little bit more open-minded about being able to do both yeah
0: yeah and then fucking pull in their ego and their insecurities like, yeah uh, i remember so gus is uh exactly how i would look if i got the choice <laughs> <Like, laughs> he's exactly how i'd look if i had the choice <laughs> <like>. <laughs> it's uh yeah like even down to like the hair like he, uh, he said that you oh could, he's a specimen God. isn't yeah, he it's yeah.
1: upsetting
3: yeah
0: yeah um, and I could take that two ways. I can be like, wow, like he got that, he like, and he works on it and he's, he owns it and he's great. Or I could be like these people online that are just hateful and bitches. And I like, know so many people
1: that call out Gus for certain things. Really? You know, like a lot of people who have accused him of steroids. Mm. And I'll, I will look into the camera and tell you that guy has never done any PEDs, he's not, never done any drugs. Yeah. And, you know. I know a lot of guys, and I'm not going to name names, but a lot of guys who talk shit about him behind his back. Yeah. And I think it's just such an easy out. to. And now, obviously, there are a lot of people who, who take steroids and stuff like that. But, mm. you know, to just immediately dismiss him because he he's beyond what you think is achievable mm-hmm. is so short, short-sighted. Yeah, short And frankly, difficult. if I didn't know him, I would have gone, yeah, he's on stuff. Yeah. But I've known him for a, a long time now, and... I know how he is, and I know how he has no interest nor knowledge in PEDs. and <laughs> yeah. it, So whenever I'm like trying to explain something to him, he's like, so what does testosterone do? <laughs> like obviously, obviously, maybe not that far, but you know, <laughs> he's n- had no interest in it and doesn't particularly understand it. Yeah. Um, so he, he hasn't ever done that sort of thing, and there's, it's so easy for people to just jump to conclusions with yeah. people like that.
0: I made a moral decision that when I'm around people that like to bitch about people, when then and if they wouldn't say it to their face but they say it behind their back that's not the person with me and i walk okay. away and i've walked away from countless friendship groups because of it they say and sometimes they're not even aware of why i've left they're kind of like oh, what happened to alec well, why yeah. don't you hang out with us anymore and like like i can tell you but you're not going to like the answer and <laughs> because you're a bunch of fucking gossips like, yeah, yeah and you are unwilling to say this to someone's face Like i am like if i not have a problem with someone i will say to that person mm. like this is this is annoying me and like yeah. and then i leave the group so, yeah, for those people to kind of, like, bitch and gossip behind, like, us's back kind of, like, highlights more about them than him. I would
1: like to say this to the camera. I am the biggest gossip in the bloody world. <laughs> if, if, you know, if, if you know me. <laughs> oh, God. But what I will say is, like, I, lo- I don't know what it is, but I like to hear, you know, gossip about people. I will say this, though. Okay. I have never said something behind someone's back that I won't say to their face. Yes. I, I have... I have always, you know, if someone has an issue with me, I'm more than happy to talk to them about it. Mm. But, you know, whenever I'm in a group of girls and they're all talking about, you know, another girl, I'm not going to be like, girl, stop doing it. I am kind of like, what are you saying? What did she do? With her uncle. You know, I'm kind of like, I love that stuff. It's terrible, it's really bad. Yeah. I guess I would say I understand see here we go disagreement I get that you wouldn't like that and I understand that that's mm. it's not it's probably my I would say probably one of my biggest issues and a lot yeah. of people yeah. have said to me in the past you know are oh, you you can't keep a secret for example I'm okay, terrible yeah. with keeping <laughs> secrets because you know I hear things and I'm just like oh god oh please don't tell me please I just literally I'm just like don't tell me don't tell me don't tell me I can't keep
0: secrets but you're aware of it and you so drew that line of you would say it to their face which is the important part like people people that uh, like to circulate stuff, and then, like, you, when you meet them to you know, because it, it's happened to me countless times. I've, I've read what someone has said about me in a form of a message someone showed me, and then I've gone to see that person. They're like, Hey, Alex, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't yeah. fucking talk to me, bro. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking yeah. spiteful, you like, snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. snake in the grass. Fucking Jafar, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like that, that's kind of where I draw my line, but yeah, I, I, I'm I like a gossip too, you know, hearing something that you didn't know before because it's information gathering, it's information. information. Well, and yeah, like, also. So we kind of
1: get, yeah, you get that little rush from, ooh, I yeah. didn't know that about that.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we talk about growth, you know, this is something that I know I need to work on. It's something that I'm not happy about myself on that elo- aspect of my personality. Mm. And it's something I'm trying to work on, you know, because it, it's not good when you can't keep people's secrets. You know, if someone, if someone tells you something and it's, uh, I mean, obviously when it's really important, I will keep it to myself. Yeah. But with small gossipy stuff, I'm like, oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, God, I want to tell people. But it's something I'm trying to work on, you know? I think, be aware of those things, those issues that you have. Because now that I'm aware of them, I catch myself faster. Like, before it comes out, before I'm about to say it, and I'm like, (laughs) no, 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 remember that, remember that. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say it.
0: Yeah. Secrets is a weird one, because, like, secrets is not telling the truth. Like, why do we keep secrets? Like, uh, maybe... Uh, thought exercise, a surprise. Like yeah, it's a secret. I guess you keep, but I know it's some.
1: There are there are there are some secrets that need to be kept that way. I think for for an individual's sanity, for their well-being, sometimes secrets need to be kept. True. That makes sense. I think to me, um, but you know, I I have been caught out in lies before, mm-hmm. and I would say that was you know in my previous long-term relationship that I was in. Not, I was even caught out in a lie, but you know, I was well, I was caught out, you know, saying something I probably shouldn't have said or whatever. Mm. And I remember just feeling that fear of like, oh god, I've been caught out. Yeah, and I remember that 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 feeling was so sickening to my stomach. That feeling of yeah. like, I've been caught out. I'm just like, I have a very very to a fault issue of being like I need to be honest with people <laughs> to the point where like I've hurt people's feelings before yeah. because I'm trying to like be honest with them mm. and they're like just don't tell me I'm <laughs> <gonna say> that <laughs> and I get it because sometimes I am probably just being hurtful but I'm like I need to be honest with you I need to tell you I need to tell you that this is what's happening yeah but it's not always helpful so I think some secrets can sometimes be useful and but True. it's always context as well you know like yes the truth is very important mm. and I think that tra- be honest and tell the truth. As much as you possibly can, mm. but some secrets are inevitable. Yeah. They're inevitable. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: I had a point. <laughs> oh, was a Funny point. Fuck. It's gone. It's gone. Damn it. Okay. Uh, panicking. Crypto. <laughs> <laughs> Straight in. Straight in. Straight in. So, so something that you like to do on the side is cryptocurrency. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a bit. Tune
1: in. Um. What, what do you want to talk about as far as crypto?
0: I guess a lot of people I know... are um, I spoke to Olive Yoga with Olive yesterday and she was just like, I don't know concept of what this is. It's so confusing. It is and very I was confusing. Like, I have a small understanding and my housemate Josh is like heavily in it to the point where he's got his phone. He's just like, looking at
1: stocks like, bye, bye, bye. I'm the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. Like just being here, you could be losing yeah. billions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is... It's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down as far as trading because you can... Um, I think when I first started getting into crypto, I stopped. I was so deep into it, like, I'd be at work looking at trades, <laughs> I'd be at home looking at, I'd be in bed looking at trades, I'd be eating looking at trades, and it would just be all day all the time Yeah. because it's going all the time. Yeah. So it's a dangerous thing. To, I mean, especially, you know, if you understand kind of the difference between futures trading and the spot market. Now, if you, I don't know how much you know about this, but like futures trading, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> futures trading is like your. are Basically betting on where you believe the coin to go. Now, that can it can be whatever. It doesn't have to be cryptocurrency. We can talk about trading in general. Like physical coins. Yeah, yeah so work. like if we're talking about crypto, the futures trading market is basically, I'm betting that this is going to go up, I'm putting this much money on it, and mm. you put a leverage on it. And mm. what that basically means is you're multiplying... You know, you put $100 on it. If you put a five times leverage on it, you've technically got $500. Mm-hmm. But it also means you can lose $500. Yeah. So you can gain $500, but you can lose $500 from a $100 bet. Yeah. So it's a risky game to play. Yeah. And you, with the volatility within the crypto market, futures trading is very dangerous. And a lot <laughs> of people lose a lot of money. And this is what I think... Mainstream media and banks that are within, you know, traditional banking systems want to try and put forward as why crypto doesn't work. is because of the volatility. Yeah. And I think that argument is made partially to discredit crypto mm-hmm. because it's like, well, it's too volatile. Don't go into it because you'll lose money.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um because there are some coins that obviously, you know, they're called shit coins within the crypto space, (laughs) which are basically just like someone's kind of, it's not necessarily a scam, but it's kind of like, oh, look, this is amazing. Everyone starts shilling it. Everyone's just like, this is great coin, great coin, great coin. Everyone buys it. And then someone just dumps on them. Someone holding a a large value of the coin just sells all of it. And they've made millions and millions and millions. And then everyone else is left with nothing. Yeah, They're left with dust. So that sort of thing can happen. Mm -hmm. But those coins if you're not going into that situation knowing there's a risk that you're going to lose your money then you're a fool and you don't and you haven't read up on on how it works enough yeah you need to be prepared to lose that money yeah um but you know there's a lot of coins within current crypto you know things like Chainlink, ethereum bitcoin um Maybe even some of the younger, newer ones. Doge things coin. like well, <laughs> I don't ever trade Dogecoin, I'll be honest. I think Dogecoin is... A, I, I jokingly call it a shitcoin. Mm. Um, you know, the rise of Dogecoin was very interesting just in this, like, recently with the whole AMC, you know, debacle and everything. And I think that's a little bit of a dodgy one because, you know large investors bought into it with people, I think it was like Mark Cuban, but also people like um, Elon Musk yeah. and people like that who just bought <laughs> massively into it. And those are the people that are pumping the value of it mm. because they're building that um, belief that it has value. Yeah. And the issue is that it doesn't really serve much of a purpose, Dogecoin. It doesn't really have much of an intrinsic value, so it kind of just, they can pull. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it is very volatile for that reason. I would say things like Bitcoin and Ethereum are a lot more stable. Mm. Um, Obviously, Bitcoin can go down, it can go up. Mm. But this is where I would suggest that people go into what you would call the spot market. Now, this is not financial advice. I'm not saying (laughs) go into this. Um, But if you don't trade and you're worried about trading and you're not quite sure how to do it,
3: Mm.
1: I would say if you have a £1,000, put £200 on Bitcoin and... 200 pounds on ethereum or even a bit more than that and then buy a little bit extra in little smaller coins or whatever mm-hmm. and just leave it yeah. for a few years yeah leave it like 3 or 4 years in the, in your spot market your spot market is just a wallet basically mm-hmm. and you own you basically own that value so like if you buy on the spot market it's not a bet if you're buying 10 bitcoin that's a lot you have you have those 10 bitcoin it's mm-hmm. in your wallet it's in your bitcoin wallet you own yeah. it um And just leave it and I think it's almost inevitable that it will go up with time Mm. because there's such a move currently away from traditional banking and towards the crypto space and to me it makes sense Mm. just because of the way that it's structured um the system that's been put in place and also just there's more and more companies buying into crypto now and it's it's becoming a lot more look at paypal for example mm. you know that's huge when paypal were like we're gonna start taking payment in bitcoin <laughs> that made a humongous difference because yeah. people now are like oh okay ha- you can do something with it yeah and when i have people that talk to me about crypto and say it's not it doesn't have any value it's fake mm. it's like well so is your money yeah your money is ...is as valuable as you say it is. Yeah, it's an agreement. It's an agreement (laughs) from everyone that money is worth something. Mm -hmm. But we know that it's just as volatile and dangerous as everywhere else. Look at Venezuela a few years ago. I mean, just cash in the streets. Now, I know that sometimes that's a a little bit exaggerated, but Venezuela was a good example whereby it just wasn't worth having money. Because they were carrying around bundles of cash to buy some bread... You yep. know, much like Germany in 1933 uh, or whatever. I, can't, I actually can't remember. It might have been around that time anyway. Yeah, it's just before the war. Yeah. Because everyone was so fucked, they decided Nazism was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> done, guys. Danger. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, those, that sort of economic volatility yeah. is what can lead to those extremes. Is because people get scared. And that's yeah. why something like, I think, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these coins can be useful. Because, mm. you know, I think over time... You own these coins and they are, they don't inflate over time. This is the biggest thing about Bitcoin. And when I try to explain Bitcoin to people, I don't know if you understand this as far as, do you know what I mean, as far as like inflation about Bitcoin versus normal money? Yeah, because they degrade, right? Yeah. So I mean, like, the US has printed more money in the last year than they have in like the last, like, 50 years or something, something ridiculous. It shows that we are just within our traditional banking system, adding more and more and more cash into the system, into the country, into our economy. Mm -hmm. But what that means is the value of that money is just degrading and degrading and degrading and degrading. And especially since we lost the gold standard in the US and I think in the UK it happened as well. Um, That association with gold at the time when it was broken just meant that it became untethered and mm. it just didn't make any sense anymore it was just like it was a, it can continue to go up because there's a there's a certain amount of gold but when you detach it from that we can just keep on printing more and more money yeah What's with the bitcoin it's the, it's the opposite <laughs> you keep on having these half lives with with um, bitcoin where it's we can only make so much bitcoin mm. we can only mine so much bitcoin and there will be a year whereby we cannot buy any more Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And from that point, every bit of Bitcoin that everyone will ever own will be smaller and smaller subdivisions. Mm-hmm. And that was written into the algorithm of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Satoshi, this is what that is. He wrote into the algorithm, whoever he may be, or she, we don't know. No one knows. They, uh, there's a true. there's a current thing that everyone thinks is Elon Musk, but anyway. <laughs> um, he wrote into that algorithm that um there will be a point at which you can't make more Bitcoin. Mm. There is a market cap on Bitcoin and it can't get bigger. Like that, that, that will be, that's how much Bitcoin we can make ever. Mm. So it's the opposite of cash. It, it, I mean, obviously if, if we all agree that it's worthless, Mm. then it's going to be worthless. But if more and more companies and mainstream, um, Well, mainstream companies and stuff like that are investing in it, the more it's going to make sense to people. Mm. And the more people are going to go, oh, so all I have to do is have a wallet with Bitcoin on it and then I can just pay for things. And that's possible now as well. So people think, well, you can't actually pay for anything with it. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. There are things like crypto, crypto crypto.com and stuff like that, like um, SXP swipe these are different companies that have cards and you can just pay in your in your coin. Coins, holy shit. So that's <clears> huge. <throat> you can just pay for stuff with your crypto. Physical thing. So it's not like it's just this idea. It's not just in the cloud. It's not just this nebulous thing. No, you can pay for your coffee with it if you want to. Wow. There were people, you know, buying houses with bitcoin and stuff <laughs> like that now. That's <laughs> possible. So it's 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 I think it's going to just keep on going up and up in value. Yeah. There will be times when it's going to drop. Mm. There will be times where it drops massively. I mean, March last year, twenty twenty, was terrible. Mm. Bitcoin went down terribly. Mm. Um, I think it, at its lowest point, I think it was somewhere around four k. It's now like sixty k. Wow! So if you would put a grand on it last March, you you'd have a lot more <laughs> money now. So, it, yeah, obviously it's going to go up and down. That yeah. that's inevitable. But I think as we go deeper and deeper into, um people accepting crypto, I think it's probably going to become less volatile. Mm. I think if anything, it's just going to start to stabilize a little bit more because there's going to be more overall people owning Bitcoin. Mm. And it's not going to just have these these sudden drops in value. And I think the, the shutdown, the lockdown, the quarantine was huge for the value of bitcoin it just dropped off massive awareness of it too so became trending but then yeah exactly on the flip side of that it meant that as it just was starting to get mentioned by people more and more Mm. especially on crypto twitter which is like a very weird space but (laughs) crypto twitter where all these people are just communicating about nfts and all this kind of stuff it just like suddenly was just building and building and building and then there are all these new companies like paypal and all that kind of obviously and visa and people like that talking about it and then Elon Musk talking about it and stuff like that. If the richest man on Earth has just bought $1.5 billion of it, there's probably some value in it. Yeah, and, and he's he's also, like, he's looking ahead
0: for humanity. He's trying to get us to multi-planetary, to extend our survivability. If he's looking into with different types of economy, like, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. And, like, the I love a conspiracy, so Tim Fowler hat on, Like, I almost feel that the printing of American dollars is just, like... The people that are aware that this transition is about to happen are just going to live it up for a bit. (laughs) Like, oh, definitely. Fuck it. Keep running it. We will. We will just destroy the market. Live our lives to the fullest. And then when this new digital currency comes in, uh, everyone will have to start behaving. Everything's trackable. Everything's in when we're in charge because we've got the power because we've you know had the money to. Like, I just see that that's what's happening.
1: I don't think that's massively tinfoil hat. To be honest, no. I think if you look at you know the the crash in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight that's if that is an evidence of banking run run amok because certain people are in charge of it that's mm-hmm. when you realize that there are massive issues with this system mm-hmm. whereas bitcoin is infallible in the sense of there's no one running it there's yeah. no one like behind bitcoin i mean obviously there's the creator of bitcoin but there's no one like doing deals behind closed doors on bitcoin obviously there's you can have whales, as it's called, like if you know what a whale do you know what a whale no, is? Yeah. So a whale is just basically someone who owns a lot of okay. a coin, <laughs> so like a bitcoin <laughs> whale is someone who owns like billions of dollars of bitcoin. yeah they can manipulate the market much like anyone can manipulate the market in the stock market currently, yeah. so it's like when people say, "Well, it can be manipulated, yes. The, you don't think the current stock market is being yeah, manipulated? Yeah, yeah. If I had more toilet
0: paper, I could manipulate the
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at look at the look at the system with the shorts with that whole thing. It blew up on Twitter because a few guys on Reddit were like, "Let's let's do this our way now." Yeah, and they did, and all those shorts got liquidated, and the multi-millionaire, multi-billionaire hedge funds were getting fucked over. Yeah. and that like it's empowering to see that because it's like the people can take power back, and they can if they want to, they can. They can get back some of that money <laughs> that, that that you've been fucked out of for years because yeah. the people with billions or at least millions mm. are deciding where the market goes. Mm-hmm. So to say that Bitcoin, you know, it can be manipulated, it's like well, every currency can be manipulated if you have enough of it.
0: Yeah, this is a, it's, <clears throat> it is a safer bet for an economy, I think, like because it's like it's with the whole blockchain thing that like you can see like the transaction history very yeah. everything, yeah, yeah. which is great, but also like. Uh, in a, in a way, not... So, for instance, psilocybin, the use of that currently is highly illegal. Mm. Yeah, I believe it will be perfectly legal in the future. But oh, that's what yeah. big farmer acknowledge it and control it. And it won't be the, in the way that I ingest it. So, yeah. like, I wouldn't be able to go and <laughs> get psilocybin uh, b- with Bitcoin because it's trackable or, whatever, you know, maybe disguise it, whatever. But, like, digital currency to me scares me because then you lose that cash transaction, like you know so maybe it would just change the world for trade for trade like i have the ability to make stuff so perhaps i could interact that way
3: but
1: now i will say this now this is why bitcoin originally did get uh, into a large extent a bad rap is because there were a lot of dealings going on within the use of bitcoin like silk road silk road was huge and you know you could it was like Amazon. You have ratings for the, like the quality of a drug mm-hmm. and you can just buy it and you can buy it in large amounts and guns. You, and uh, guns, whatever. Yeah. And to some extent it's not trackable because you don't have to give personal information in order to put that wallet True. up and buy that value. True. So, now it's getting a lot more secure because, you know, a lot of companies like Coinbase and stuff like that mm. or Binance or whatever, you know, you need to do a verification, you need to give ID, you need to do all this kind of stuff. So it's not just a a blank face, just <laughs> spending, a shadow, just buying and spending however they want. So it's a bad thing and a good thing. Mm. I think, as you say, like getting rid of the whole cash transactions, I think is probably a bad thing Yeah, because, you know... A lot, it's funny that a lot of my friends who, who are kind of into conspiracies and stuff like that, who are there like, oh, we're going towards a cashless society and everything. You know, you hear a lot of that and you're kind of like, it's a bit nonsense, isn't it? And now you're seeing all these places. I literally went to a cafe yesterday and it was like, you know, no cash. And I was just like, oh, fuck, it's happening. Yeah. It is happening. Yes,
0: yeah, But even take away cryptocurrency and, and whatever. If we just had a digital currency and then we had <clears throat> like a cataclysm or uh, let's say, I you don't know, uh, the polls shift. <laughs> like name name your event that makes electricity suddenly go down, even for an hour, two hours. Yeah, digital currency's gone basically. Yeah, sure, you, you can know. no longer access things. And then what's there is no failsafe for it because we've seen it. Like, like when Texas had that snowstorm, like you know if they couldn't yeah. make money and they, we had to with cash. So if they didn't have cash, how do people buy generators, food, things yeah. that they need? uh You can't. Oh, there's no thing in place to to decide who gets things well then people go to violence fear and and all the bad things in our society but society can crumble very quickly if we only have one fallible method of paying for things and you know balancing a, a whole economy like, do you watch Rick and Morty at all? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, the... Uh, I don't think
1: I've watched the last season, but I've watched yeah most of it, I uh, think.
0: I think it's season two when okay. Rick defeats, like, the Galactic Empire and he just, all he does is go into, like, a mothership and changes their currency from, like, one to zero. And <laughs> everything. <laughs> is, like, like, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, suddenly... If, yeah, uh, I
1: mean, so I would say as potentially a counter-argument to that is that you can now there are things like mm. nano ledger and things like that which are basically hardware whereby you're putting your coin the of fa- how much whatever bitcoin ethereum whatever mm. you're putting it onto basically like a usb cable kind of okay. thing yeah. and you can just plug it in and it's like that's how much you have mm. and you can make the transaction much like you're copying a file you could yeah. bring the value of that coin onto another system yeah so that is possible. Um, so hardware, if we don't have, you know, necessarily a connection, networks, connections, you could still potentially transfer funds from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not necessarily perfected yet. Um but somewhere in the future definitely it's something that could be done so i think it is possible where your hardware so to speak of your cash would be just be on a usb well wow. plug in your speed like, there you go there's your money <laughs> kind of thing
0: <laughs> so it would become cash again just through did, through like a different means yeah an <laughs> electronical
1: it's electronical cash in a wow. way yeah, yeah. Fuck.
0: Ah, ah. so nfts right? oh god non fungible token <laughs> yeah, yeah i came yeah. to realize that i kind of have one like so, oh, really? <laughs> so with my, my giveaways um like it's this people sign up for one pound And then uh, I'll do a random live draw and and then the person wins the thing that I made that month. Um, However, I've only got about 35 people signed up, which isn't enough to make cool shit. So I needed to up that game. So I created Rencoin. Oh, really? (laughs) Where people can buy 10. Right, and okay. that's 10 entries is a good way. So oh, okay, interesting. So got yeah. like, a, like a thing that is of value. And I was like, holy shit. Because uh, I
1: listened to a comedian called Tim Dillon. He was just love like... Love Tim Dillon. yeah. Him, yeah. Great <laughs> guy. Great fucking guy. Lindsay Lowe. Talk about it's not different. being able to be put in a box. That's why I love Tim Dillon partially. Yeah. It's because, you know, he's part of the LGBT community. Yep. Somewhat right-leaning. And everyone's kind of like, oh, where do I put him? And yeah. it's like, you can't put him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: yeah. You can ha- try and hate him, but he's right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most of the time he's right. He's right, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so he was talking about like Lindsay Lohan having a fucking NFT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, was, yeah I just just ridiculous, a little his, bit. His narrative it was just like, "Is this what the world's coming to?" Like, <laughs> well, this was this is a
1: joke on on again on crypto Twitter. Is that like whenever you start to see celebrities, you know, people like Soldier Boy and people like that, and Lindsay Lohan who are mentioning Bitcoin and talking about you know Dogecoin or whatever. Um, the joke is always that that they that's the top. So the top is basically like. You know, the coin gets to a certain point. The top is there, yeah. and then it can only go down from there. And they're always saying whenever Lindsay Lohan talks about <laughs> NFTs, that's the top of crypto, and Bitcoin's just going to start going. It's like Lindsay Lohan's got involved; it's going back down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Soldier Boy is talking about Dogecoin. We're done. We have to get yeah, out now. Yeah. Um, yeah so NFTs—they're um, weird. They're a weird thing. I don't—I don't really want to get involved in NFTs because they're just such a uh, such a strange new system and to me like it is you know there's the biggest nft sale ever yesterday Mm. yesterday so i think it was 16 million dollars for one image and i think it was a collection of images put together Mm. like a thousand images put together into one and it didn't even make another image it wasn't like (laughs) oh we've put loads of images together and it's made a face or something it was just loads of images put together (laughs) sold for 16 Million dollars, I believe. Uh, you might need to check that, but I'm pretty sure it's 16 million.
0: So, the, for the people that don't understand what an NFT is, like, like what, how do we break that down? It, so, it's like the ownership of something.
1: Yeah, you're basically getting. You can, an NFT can doesn't just have to be a piece of like artwork, so to speak, of like an image. It can be other things. You know, I think Tim Dillon was actually talking about this. Like, it was a, a you can buy an album, mm. and it's not technically that like you own the album. Mm. You don't own the band, but you like you own the album. Like yeah. that's your album. Yeah. So, you know, the K- Kings of Leon just sold their album or whatever, yeah. and it's like you're the owner of the album now. When people now you are not necessarily in charge of the distribution. <laughs> you don't necessarily get money for owning the album. Mm. You might not get royalties or anything, but you own the album. Yeah. It's your album. It's so, clout, if, it's influence. Yeah, yeah, it's clout basically. Yeah. So that's that's partially what it can be like referred back to is there's a there's an element of clout to it of just sort of like I can own it mm. and I find that you know there's gifs of fucking whatever Mark Cuban, uh, I can't remember who it was was it Mark Cuban it might have been someone else just dancing or whatever and yeah, then you yeah. can buy the gif yeah. and it's kind of
3: like okay so I
1: don't them. really get that
0: He made a point. He was like, so if I can't destroy it, what's the point? (laughs) Like, or, you know, if you can't direct this influence and power, like, what is the point? But, like, this kind of world kind of scares me and it makes me want to, like, retract from it ever so slightly. Like, so Google, for instance, like, you, I I know it's bad. As an artist, if I put an image up, I wouldn't want someone just to, like, screen grab that and put it into their work. But, like, so I made a video recently about Atlantis and I used, like, old christian uh, like biblical paintings to like get my point across i wouldn't have been able to do that video without that but i found that google would be like ah this is owned this is licensed this this image is licensed if you want to use it you have to pay this much money and i was like fuck like for an old painting like that that painter is long fucking dead (laughs) absolutely not. i can see he has nothing to do with this painting (laughs) now yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and also it's like our history like it's and it's i don't know Like i was kind of like it's just what it's going to become like everything because Currently, doesn't Google doesn't say, "Oh, this 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 video, this video." No, it currently belongs to Alexander Wren. Uh, you have to you have to pay to use it. They sure. would let anyone use it, and yeah, are, yeah, if unless I had influence and in clout. Yeah. Um, so it's not equal distribution of that kind of power. It's just like those that uh, can pay for that service. Yeah. I guess. So yeah. It's scary and confusing, and I don't. It, it, it ruins. <laughs> Again, the
1: world. this is why I, I, I don't think it's a controlled, sufficiently normalised system and NFTs for me to want to dip my toes in it. I think, like, I'm happy to buy Bitcoin and whatever now Mm. and try and stockpile it for another time. (laughs) Sure. Um, But NFTs, is it, it is a bit of a weird one. And I think You know, it might be a little bit of a fashionable thing and it might be that NFTs at some point, you know, drop off because Mm -hmm. people are kind of like, well, this is is kind of nonsense a little bit. I own the album, but I don't actually get any royalties from it or whatever. What's the point of this? So, you know, when you can't... I mean, the idea is that you're getting it so that you could potentially resell it at more. I get that. Like, you can then sell the NFT again. Mm. But, again, we're attributing value to it. Mm -hmm. And it's just... That's one person buying from another person. It can be that multiple people are buying, mm. but in the case of like Bitcoin, it's millions of people using millions and millions of people. Whereas NFTs, it's like a few people <laughs> buying it. You know, a few <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a it's a weird one. It's a bit of a weird one.
0: Yeah, I guess it's, it depends entirely on your stance point of uh, resources. Like uh, I, I for one have fuck all cool resources, so I, I kind of trade with like I know, like uh, I Olive came over the other day and I repaired her grandmother's ring, like. So in some point in the future, maybe she'll help me out with a yoga class. I don't know. like Just trade for trade. Like, sure. uh, Whereas if I had like tons of money, like maybe I would be like, oh, yeah, I'll throw it at this subject, like an NFT, a cryptocurrency, or whatever. But- well,
1: it, here's a thing that a friend of mine said. So this was a, a friend of mine who was also a client, who's um, a French guy who used to work at um, American Express. And um, he went from traditional banking into crypto. And he moved from Brighton to Paris, wow. and he's now working in a crypto company in Paris. And I remember him saying to me ages ago, "I should have heeded <laughs> his warning. I should have listened to him." And everyone says this: "I should have listened." But um, he said to me years ago, "You know, every week or or every month, whatever you can afford, fifty quid, you buy fifty quid Bitcoin, fifty quid Ethereum." or 25 quid Ethereum, 25 quid Bitcoin, whatever, and you do that every month in and out, doesn't matter what time of day, what time of week, whatever, just keep buying and buying and buying and buying mm. and you will be very very rich. And this was when he was still working in traditional banking. Mm. And he he knew and and all he was telling me all of his colleagues were taking the piss out of it. They were taking the piss out not, you know, crypto out of traditional banking. They were like this is done. This is done. <laughs> oh, we're moving. This is not going to keep going. Yeah. I mean yeah I again I should have listened because I would have been a lot richer than I am now but um I I do think I'm not trying to like evangelize for mm. for crypto but I do think there's definitely a future there for that I think yeah. it's it's going to be incredibly valuable and I do think personally in my opinion that you know trying to buy some and just holding on to it don't mm. get desperate and start selling it try to hold on to it if you can I think it's going to be worth a lot at some point there you go, folks. Christmas time,
0: get get a little bit of <laughs> Christmas twenty
1: twenty five. You're gonna <to> be loaded. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel bad because we have this advantage, I guess, like kind of being an ally. Like, let's say I took your advice now and I, I spent fifty to one hundred quid, and, and that made me better off way in the future. Like kids that don't have access to uh, online wallets and money, or kids that just aren't born yet. Like, how do they how do they catch up?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, their parents need to be buying it. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what needs <laughs> yeah. to happen. Is this yeah. is we're talking? In, you know, again, this is mentioned within the crypto space, but it's sort of like you're making generational wealth with this sort of stuff. Like if you if you are really investing in Bitcoin and really investing in Ethereum and stuff like that, and, you know, I know a lot of people within the crypto space who say like money, like normal banking, what, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> they're, they're literally like, that's my pocket money. I'll buy coffee with cash, sure, yeah. but, and I'll buy assets, yeah. sure, but where it's heading is that way you know that's where it's going to go so you know the the smart people i think within that crypto space i think there's a a really good one to follow on twitter if if you are interested is the i think his name is the wolf of the wolf of all streets i think his name (laughs) is um i'm trying to remember his actual name but um he's a very smart guy and he's sort of like you know try to get as much crypto as you can in the not shit coins, get Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, just a, a coin that we all accept is useful mm. and buy assets. You don't, if you've just got money sitting in your bank, mm. that's not you helpful. Yeah. Look at bank accounts now, like, again, within the crypto space, they mention a lot that a lot of those people who have worked in traditional banking before and have gone into the crypto space say, we're going into negative interest banking. Wow. Well. So, you know, your quid that you make from your 10 grand that you've got in your bank account that's soon going to be a quid less. <laughs> so, you're going to lose a quid every month because those banks aren't holding up. Yeah. So, it's I think that is a matter of time before you start having to give them money for you to keep your money in your bank account. Wow. And you know, you can already do that in some ways depending on the bank accounts, but I think that's going to be a, a lot more common where you're going to have to be charged to have your accounts open, mm. and you're going to be losing money by having your money in a bank account. Yes, for having cash. So why not Why not just have that as a pocket money and have Bitcoin or whatever as your, your main savings account and try to own assets. Own assets. It's massive. Mm. If you look at people who own a lot of... Who, the Rich people own assets and they own crypto. A lot of them. A yeah. lot of them.
2: How
0: vulnerable is cryptocurrency to hacking, things like that? Because... As much as people have said, like, oh, it's like, you know, vulnerable, like, I, even to a point, just kidnapping and guns to head, like, you can still take things, like.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so you've got these keywords or whatever with Bitcoin, right? So if you own your wallet mm. and we are actually talking about owning that Bitcoin, you should be given, I think it's 24 uh, words, um, random words. Mm. And that is the key to you owning that Bitcoin. Okay. So for you to retrieve your bitcoin you need to be able to say all those words in that obscure sentence it's it's literally (laughs) just like whatever it can be like food dog house chair chair dog (laughs) like whatever it's just going to be like those words in a row doesn't matter they're random words Mm. um but if someone gets a hat like gets those that key yeah they can get they can hack you Mm. but the system of bitcoin is not hackable okay they can't hack Bitcoin. Mm. It's not hackable. But they can hack your wallet. Yeah. Sure. So
0: you're muggable, but the You're currency muggable, isn't but
1: the cu- yeah, the cur- the yeah. currency, they can't steal it, but they can hack you, sure. Yeah. So that's a question of how secure you are with your systems. Now, again, this is from a friend in the financial system who told me that he now knows of a place in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and this is real, this isn't like a made-up place. You are helicoptered in to a mountain. Wow. They have an underground, in, built into the mountain vault, and you are brought by armed guards to a room, and you have to give your words, and if you give your words, they'll give you your key that has all your money on it, and your money is just Bitcoin. So this is, like, it's, this, it's a bank. Yeah. It's a bank. He, it's a, it's like on. they talk about, you know, in the old Bond movies or whatever. It's literally like a Bond movie. Like, this is, you have to go in, give the words, and there you go, it's yours. But that's why those things are being put in place, is because you can get mugged, you can get it stolen, you can you're, you can be compromised. Yeah. But if, you know, there's a system put in place whereby there's a vault protecting mm-hmm. your money, then it's going to be a lot more difficult to get it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's going to be whale hunters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's
1: uh, that it's I think that is possible. There are, certainly people have been hacked in the past, it will happen again. Yeah. You you can just try and be as careful as possible. If you have a lot of Bitcoin or you have a lot of Ethereum, you really should be having hardware. You should you should have hardware to keep your your coin on. Yeah. Um and that's, I mean, that's what Nano Ledger is. That's mm-hmm. what that is. you You've got that hardware so that you can go, and it's out of the system. No one can hack it. It's yeah. here. Yeah. No one can take that from me now. Yeah. Unless
0: they've got a gun and they're
1: in a the room. Unless they've got a gun <laughs> yeah. and they know where it is and all that exactly. And that's why, that's where that benefit of then putting that in a vault somewhere mm-hmm. comes from. Fuck, man. This
0: is insane. This yeah. is like a uh, fortune teller telling me the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, when uh-huh. my mate was telling
1: me that, and again, again this is a... This is a very knowledgeable guy working in a in a crypto company that's a very big crypto company. Mm. This isn't just some random conspiracy theorist. This is a guy who is deep in there. Yeah. And he was like, this is what's happening. Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was uh, that, to me, that was like the moment where I was like, okay, I need to probably stop buying <laughs> Bitcoin." <laughs> <laughs>
0: shit, man, you strung on me. I'm going to have to like uh, sell some shit. <laughs> silence my fucking website so i can buy a bitcoin <laughs> a pound you might win a piece of jewelry i make <laughs> um fuck that was intense okay i'm i'm cryptoed out my brain is
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so let's go into a far more complex subject pharmacology pharmacology okay um, do you need like a pee break because i know i do oh yeah go for it i'm, I'm okay do. but go for it
2: right we will be back To it, yeah, to it. there you go. It me
0: <laughs> just syncing things up, cool, and we're back, um did you notice the squatty potty in the bathroom? I did I did,
1: I didn't use it.
0: I've best. actually never used one. really, is it good? yeah like i've heard
1: it's pretty good it makes a difference yeah yeah
0: it just everything comes out easier <laughs> <laughs>
1: straight into mucky this is got disgusting <laughs> this conversation immediately
0: pooping's important <laughs> uh, yeah if you don't know what squatty potty is uh, i might try and get them to be a sponsor yeah that'd be i absolutely yeah yeah
2: because
0: uh, yeah it's it's meant to like stop like um tons of like uh, issues with intestines and, yeah. and um,
1: Well, it's a more natural position to be sitting in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. like we're yeah. naturally. Metodic. We're not supposed to be sitting on the toilet. That's yeah. not yeah. how you're supposed to be uh, sitting. a right angle, and yeah. be squatting.
0: Yeah, hence the squatty potty. Um, there's a YouTube video with a prince and a unicorn pooping ice cream that I, I refer to regularly. <laughs> so like, I'll put it in the, in the comments. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, we we're going to talk about um and like uh, use of uh, steroids in PEDs, and um, just, like the benefits and humanity for them, because you are of the end opinion, or uh, that that they are of use just safely,
1: right? Yeah, um, I think that you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know misunderstandings of of how steroids work and how PEDs work, and you know a lot of people don't quite. That you they can be used safely, uh, but it's like everything, you know. You're not gonna die if you drink a beer, but if you drink two liters of vodka, you're gonna be in trouble, you know. Yeah. Um, steroids are the same way now, they, they can absolutely damage the body, they can certainly, you know, wreak havoc on your system because the body's always looking for homeostasis, the body always wants to just be in a stable state. Um, and when you throw a an, a hormonal endocrine disruptor like steroids into the mix, it can throw everything off. Yeah. So if it's not well regulated and you haven't you know got enough knowledge before going into something like that, that's when it starts to become really problematic. Yeah. Now, personally, I've never used PEDs. I think that should I should note that now. Yeah. Um. But I do think that it is my responsibility to learn as much about it as possible. So that when I have clients who use PEDs and that has happened and mm-hmm. it will happen to most people if they, if they are in the industry, mm-hmm. um, it's your you know obligation to, to understand it a little bit better. I think that if you can help them reap them, they're, they're decided they're doing it. Yeah. If you can't stop them from doing it, mm-hmm. get them to do it the right way. Yeah. A lot of, you know people if they don't quite understand how it works they don't understand the pharmacology behind it they're kind of buggering up their clients because their clients could get results from it and reap the benefits of it and then get off it and you know do well train naturally yeah yeah and train naturally again you know there's varying degrees of how you want to then define that because you you're probably not ever natural again because you've raised that bar initially and you've gone beyond what you were before um so you can't really ever be defined as natural again if you have truly used peds but you can go back to being natural if you just do a cycle or whatever and go back to it so that is possible and it is possible to do it with minimal consequences if you use appropriate pcts and stuff like that so do you know what pcts are it's basically like a post um therapy mm. so like if you like if you've taken steroids you do need to take things if it's a heavy enough cycle, you you yeah. certainly need to take things to get everything re-regulated again. Okay, you know things like um, testosterone production mm-hmm. are going to be um, uh, they're going to your testosterone production is going to lower obviously from PED usage. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking Test or you're taking Anavar or you're taking Dianabol or DECA, or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're taking a steroid and you take that for enough time you're going to end up having your testosterone compromised it's going to end up dropping because it's going to start to rely on that exogenous form of testosterone
0: is that like where people that eat a shit ton of sugar your pancreas kind of like oh, i don't need to work anymore and you stop producing insulin uh it's
1: a kind a little bit yeah. yeah so your your body kind of gets used to that exogenous form mm. so your body then stops producing it mm. and then if you get off that's when it can start to wreak havoc now if your diet is dialed in and, you know, your sleep is dialed in, your recovery is dialed in, your training is dialed in, and you come off a steroid cycle and you don't do PCTs, mm-hmm. there's a chance that you could be okay. And just going cold turkey without a PCT will just, you can, you'll you just go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always advised to do a PCT post, you know, steroid cycle so that your body can just go back to functioning normally. Yeah. Now, there are other people as well who will go on steroids and never come off now what i mean by that is you go on trt which is testosterone replacement therapy mm-hmm. and basically you would then blast and cruise and blasting is basically taking a large amount to like gain mass gain size gain strength whatever mm-hmm. and then cruising would be to then you remove all those extra substances and then you just go back to your testosterone okay. and that allows you to regulate your testosterone a lot better so you even when you come off, you're still going to be a lot more flat in your testosterone levels because you've got to think that for us naturals, my testosterone, your testosterone in the morning is not going to be the same as in the evening. Mm. Fasted and unfasted is going to be different. Yeah. So if you're taking testosterone replacement therapy, your testosterone is like this. Mm. It's just always like that. Now, if you're taking it correctly. And this yeah. is why with TRT and stuff like that, there's a lot of you know mistakes that are made about TRT where you know people aren't doing sufficiently often their injections and things like that and that can deregulate your testosterone levels but if you're doing small regular it's like with everything if you're taking smaller more regular dosages of testosterone your your bloods will be better your health will probably be better overall if you're on a physiological dosage okay. so what i mean by that is just a normal dosage that would allow you to function as a normal man yeah 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 um but yeah i mean it it can be messed up massively, but it can be used well, and there are a lot of people who, who know how to use steroids and use them well and properly, and they see minimal side effects, and they get good... Gains from it, and you know they get stronger and they get bigger and whatever. Mm-hmm. I always just say that the the biggest mistake that I see is really really young guys who just want to progress super quickly, so yeah. they just they just jump on stuff. <laughs> and well, this is and this is a debate to be had. I don't see it as cheating. I I don't see that that PEDs and steroids are cheating. Are you competing in a drug tested federation? If so, Jesus. then you're cheating. Yeah. Who are you cheating if you're just a guy who wants to get bigger and stronger and take steroids at the gym? I don't view that as cheating. Very true. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like yeah. that—that's just a. It's probably a little bit ill-advised because there's no real reason behind it. You're not getting an, You're not getting a living. You're not earning money from it. You're not a professional bodybuilder or powerlifter or whatever. I mean, there's no money in powerlifting anyway, so <laughs> there's not much purpose to doing that. But, you know, if you're, if you're taking gear and you're just a guy that trains at the gym, yeah. That is your prerogative. That's yeah. your choice. Now, if you are not competing against people who are being tested and you and you manage to get past the, the drug test or whatever, you are cheating. That's a cheat. That's yeah. that's someone who's bypassing the system to try and do better than other people. But if you are te- you're, if you are competing in bodybuilding and you are taking steroids, that is normal mm-hmm. and it is expected. Yeah. Um. And if you believe that you can get anywhere in the bodybuilding world without steroid usage you're a little bit you're not ill-informed yeah you're 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 a bit ill-informed there are natural people who can get quite far but those are more the athletes who are sort of like instagram models and stuff like that where you don't necessarily need to be very big you can just like be a little bit cut a little bit shredded you know trains and has a bit of muscle on them but it's just in shape or whatever you can absolutely get away with not taking steroids yeah absolutely you can because it can be very deceiving you know good lighting lean Got a good pump or get a bit of a pump before you <laughs> film or take photos or whatever? Yeah, you can look great. So you don't have to weigh 100, 110, 120, 130 kilos lean. It's not necessary. But for those individuals who are competing in those sports, it's it's almost absolutely necessary. If you need to be heavy and lean, then you need to be taking stuff. No, not everyone, but a, a, a massive majority.
2: Yeah.
0: So it, is, that, is that applicable only really to the kind of like Western competitive areas because i know like some countries they don't have these um these rules in place right they're happy to allow like extra enhancements like i think russia um, uh,
1: well it's not it's not even that it's allowed it's state sanctioned so that's the difference <laughs> oh, wow. is that uh, have yeah. you seen the film icarus no oh uh, please watch icarus to, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah watch icarus it's a bloody brilliant movie and, and it gives you a very good insight into the eastern european view of performance enhancing drugs yeah. and Uh, I think his name was Rodchenkov, who was in charge of the doping... uh, He was in charge of the anti-doping, the Russian anti-doping agency. Mm. And when I say he was in charge of the Russian anti-doping agency, he actually doped all of his athletes. Every single athlete within the Russian Olympic team, Mm. other than the ice skaters, literally all of them (laughs) other than ice skaters, (laughs) were on performance enhancing drugs. So because it's state-sanctioned, it's very difficult to then keep a hold of it and control it from the external point of view. Like, if you then go into the Olympics and they've done everything within their nation to be able to, you know, get them on a cycle, get really good benefits from it, get some gains, get stronger, get bigger, whatever, get faster, and then they flush it all out of their system just before the Games? Yeah. Why would you not do that as far as a you know, a a state sanctioned system, it makes sense that they do that. Now, I don't think that's right. I think that's terrible that they do that. And with, you know, Team America, like America, Team America, American teams tend to be a lot more natural. Obviously, people get caught out. But, you know, you can just see the difference in density and musculature and stuff like that. And it's it's bad because obviously they they don't have this system put in place by the state to go we're going to do everything possible to make you a freak show, yeah. and that happens in Russia, and that happens in some of those Eastern European countries, and it, it it is problematic for sports, and this is why partially, you know, weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, is being removed from the, the Olympic Games is because. ...of the issues with doping. I mean, there are other issues, obviously, that have caused it to, to be kicked from the Olympic Games, but that's one of them. Yeah. It's just that it's very difficult to control, and you just see these Russians just come in absolutely massive. And yeah. it's difficult to control for because they are controlling it within their nation. Very, very difficult. And, you know, people say things, you know, things like growth hormone, for example. Yeah. It's a bioidentical product. It's a yeah. bioidentical substance. So, when you're injecting growth hormone, It's very difficult to tell in a normal individual whether or not they're taking growth hormone Mm -hmm. because within a day or two, their growth hormone can be normal. Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, the fluctuation within normal growth hormone levels means that you can't tell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of thoughts about PEDs and steroids that people get wrong. And I think that's why people should educate themselves in the gym is just because there are... There's just so many kids that are, like, young guys that come to me who are like, I want to jump on this, I want to jump on that, I want to, you know, and it's just like, train for eight to ten years straight, really hard, Mm -hmm. get your food perfect, train perfectly, sleep perfectly, Mm. do everything right, and then tell me if you want to get on something. Yeah. Unless you're you're literally, like, your goal from the get-go is to be Mr. Olympia. Yeah. If you want to be Mr. Olympia when you're 18 years old... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys that do that. And, like, if that's their choice, that's their choice. But, you know, you've got to take into account there's going to be some health risks from that.
0: A lot of it can be avoided by... uh going inward and, and figuring out why why do you want to be big in the first place so <laughs> you've out out like, fear and like, you, yeah. you want to be able to deal with situations so I think a lot of young guys I know I did when I was younger I wanted to get big because I wanted to like look good and mm. that, that came from wanting to have a girlfriend or wanting to like not be picked on for looking skinny sure. or whatever so I think once people become sort of humble about themselves they're less likely to do it too um, and then with the guidance of like professionals like you and Gus and Gogo uh, like, even less likely to do it yeah. however Like, I think we're moving into a new realm in the world of, like, gene editing and things and, like, stem cells Mm -hmm. and shit. And we're going to see in the future Olympics to superhumans. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, like, that makes me even think... It's currently
1: happening in China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a a taboo topic, but it's currently happening in China. If you look at the selection process for the Olympic Games within the Chinese government, there's there's already a beginning of eugenics happening right there. Yeah. Yeah, which is fucking terrifying and but also again makes sense if you want to have mm. the greatest athletes physically possible choose every single genetic element that would put them at an advantage advantage as far as lever length as far as you know their their type of muscle fibers everything break Mm. all of that down and you can start to see things that you know we just can't get within western europe and and american places like that because we're just not have we don't have those programs it just doesn't exist
0: yeah so from a non competitive sport point of view gene editing to me like if everyone was equally edited to be strong like or you know have a sane and how they you know because it's kind of like choosing a loader on a video game like you know what do i want my strat my stats for strength like uh, five like uh, <laughs> academic or you know intelligence yeah, yeah. like you know like if if you're given that option then yeah you you could choose and go out into the world but like if we're going to have countries where, like, the law allows them to, like, you know, w- suddenly all these kids are, like, superhumans, like, mm-hmm. we're going to have huge disadvantages, and there's mm-hmm. no point in doing an Olympics, because, like... Because it's like, just going to be one nation that wins over and over numbers again. Yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. So then it like, becomes, like, a moral question for humanity, like, uh, like what what do we start valuing? Like, uh, like do we just get everyone healthy? Do we just... Just fuck it. Just fuck it. Like, everyone can be gene-edited. Like, that, <laughs> that guy... I can't remember what he's called. It was like, don't try this at home or something. It was on Netflix, and it was this dude that was just injecting himself with stem cells and all like yeah. things that he deemed as like gene editing to make him jacked. He's just like, I don't care anymore. Like, I don't care what the the consequences are. I don't care if there's like uh, fuck ups. That I'll learn along the way. I I think everyone should have the access to be like jacked, like and just throw caution to the wind. But if we do that obviously everyone's going to choose the greatest traits that they want. Like being sure. big, being tall, being beautiful, like choose your eye color, choose your hair color. Like, yeah. Uh, and then what happens is you get like a monoculture and when you have like a monoculture, it's susceptible to like, like, uh, you know, if you find one Achilles heel in that and everyone is it like all those people go down. Like, yeah. uh, so, uh, I watched this documentary about sickle cell. So, um, You've, your red blood cell is round, and then if you have this disease or a gene issue, you get a sickle half of a red blood cell. Right? Sure. Yeah, so, uh, just for people that don't uh, understand that concept yet, yeah, I know I didn't. Um, they used gene editing to take that away, and they gave people regular red blood cells. Um, but in that process, they almost overlook the fact that people with sickle cell would die from sickle cell. People with regular red blood cells wouldn't die from that. And people that had a mixture of both were immune to malaria. Wow. It was nature's evolution because the only places they were finding cercospora were places where there were like extreme malaria. So mm. it was almost like human beings were evolving, evolving to deal, to with, deal with it. Yeah. We almost overlooks like a natural occurring like st- st- like incredible thing um you know and let's say you go into the, the, those countries you're like hey you don't have success anymore like no one even has the 50 yeah. 50 but malaria gets like way worse let's say mm. that evolves and, and everyone in those areas like susceptible even more it's it's kind of like we're not that smart <laughs> <laughs> and we need to like be aware of that and i think either we gene edit or we don't and if we're going to have countries like china they're just like
1: i i view it as it's inevitable that, that it will happen yeah. Gene editing is inevitable i think that we are humans we are we are you know, we have our issues and I and I think that as humans, we like to continually push for more. Mm. And this is partially, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, there's issues like climate change and things like that is because we can't just settle. <laughs> Otherwise, we would still all be in cabins, you know, yeah, in yeah. the woods with nothing and no water, running water and no electricity, whatever. I think we will continually push. Now, I think this is maybe a bit utopian, mm. but I think that the only way in which gene editing can be controlled to some extent is that there is much like the fda or whatever there is a system put in place whereby there is a control of what is acceptable as far as gene editing and what is not so if we were to say that gene editing was only for the use of removal of genes that were defective genes such as you know Huntington's disease, whatever. Whatever disease it could be that could, you know, deteriorate someone's health. Yeah, Something that, a terrible disease like Huntington's disease that that shouldn't exist and it's terrible that it exists. Mm. If we could remove that from our genes and we have the capacity to do so, I don't think it's a negative thing to do that. If, if that person is, is going to be born and we can go, okay, well, let's get rid of that so that they don't live 40 years and then die a horrendous death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do that. So, if there were a system put in place, much like the FDA or whatever you want to call it, or like WADA, like like the, the World Anti-Doping Agency, like mm. we have currently, it's not perfect. But if it's good enough whereby we can control 90% and, you know, we're just getting rid of the diseases and we're not just trying to <laughs> enhance people into yeah. Captain America, <laughs> that would be the best of both worlds, whereby we're not just you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil and pretending that it doesn't exist. Instead, mm. we're going this exists, it's going to happen, let's control it as best as we can. Yeah. But I mean I mean again, I might be a little bit that might be a bit of a utopian situation, but I think it's to some extent that's possible. Yeah. And I think it's it's in fact, you know, probably a good thing because mm. that you know, down syndrome and things like these, this is terrible these are terrible diseases that mm. that make people live significantly reduced quality of life Mm. they'll die younger they have you know compromised intellectual um you know entire issues within the body with things like down syndrome now if if you could it's a debate you know do you want your do you want your child to to live as they as you as they are supposed to live or whatever Mm. or you want to edit their genes i i understand that that debate is there Mm. and it makes sense that that debate is there but it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing to get rid of all those diseases so people can live long, happy, healthy lives. That would probably be best. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wild. Wild. It, like, the projection of the future in my mind is that we're all going to be neurolinked, non-speaking, like, vibrating... Eight-foot human beings, actually <laughs> muscle
1: sculpturing, uh, is trading in crypto. <laughs> yeah, we'll look like in Prometheus, just like yeah. these sort of like bald, perfect <laughs> beings. Yeah,
0: jacked, flying around in Elon Musk's spaceships, going <laughs> to different planets.
3: Yeah,
0: it's so weird because, like, what five, six years ago, none of this was really mainstream. It was all kind of like conspiracy. Mm and uh it's just unfolded like so quickly like it's hard to like keep up with like some people i know a lot of the topics in this podcast will be beyond them and they will not even want to hear about it because you yeah. going, oh fuck that is boring like it's not yeah. it's relevant it's so relevant yeah like, this is a, a lot of this stuff is very relevant i think and if you're not up to date you're left behind if you're left behind it's the end of your uh your, your time on this earth I guess Like yeah so I, I'm motivated to learn more about it which is why
1: I'm grateful that people like you give me your time to like sort of help me understand more. <laughs> Otherwise... happy to, I'm happy to have these conversations you know the people I think people need to have as, as many conversations like this as possible mm. because this is how humans progress is through communication yeah and you know again not to go down that rabbit hole again but you know, when people are stopped from talking, these conversations stop happening. Mm -hmm. And now there are abhorrent things that people say that, and they should be potentially punished, not literally punished, but, you know, they should be
0: sanctioned. They should be sanctioned (laughs) for saying
1: horrendous (laughs) things. Yeah. You know, but a comedian should be able to make jokes because that is their job. Mm -hmm. They make jokes. And what the nature of that is is that sometimes they make mistakes, mm. and often when people get caught out, it caught out I say that in that way is because they are still working on their material they haven't they haven't developed it fully, and they're just going through their thoughts, and like we are right now, we're going through our thoughts it's mm. not fu- necessarily fully fully developed yeah. but if we're to be punished for our potentially not fully developed thoughts, mm. it starts to get a little bit. Mm, ick, icky a bit dodgy you yeah. know because i think that people should be allowed to make mistakes or even just be able to communicate and not communicate as eloquently as like it can't always be perfect yeah. Communi- otherwise we're just not going to say anything to each other yeah and we're just not going to talk about anything that's interesting we'll just talk about the weather and who cares about that It's, it's anyway. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. yeah shooting up rain pellets or whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah. it's just I, I i just think that you know people need to be having conversations and mm-hmm. i think in 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 places like this in brighton i think it's wonderful because i think there's great progressive people that that are doing good things for others and and want good things to happen for and this is often what that kind of the the woke thing is comes from is it stems from trying to wanting the best for people really it's because you want everyone to feel accepted and for them to be happy and i understand that but if it's at the cost of other people being able to just communicate normally, mm. I, that's when I think it's it's starting to run amok. And that's yeah. why it's certainly viewed in, in situations like comedians. I refer back to that a lot is yeah. because they are just doing their jobs. They're talking. They're trying to make people laugh. They're trying to say things that are a little bit right on the edge because that's what's funny. Yeah. What is funny is the thing that's on the edge. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just not going to have comedy anymore because we're just... And I love comedy. And yeah. if and if we don't have that edge and push just right to that edge, it, it's just not going to be funny. We'll just talk about nothing yeah. and it will be senseless, n- non, non-comic anything it's just going to be nothing yeah. it's because we're not going to be able to talk about things of substance yeah. and it's the things of substance that are always right on the edge that are the funniest mm. in my opinion anyway look
0: at extreme countries north korea iran like places where like uh, islam is quite like strict like there's no good music there's no you can't express yourself with lyrics like you know, i think um when Sylvia came on she talked about like uh, in lithuania that that yeah, yeah. song that song originates because they couldn't sing about anything so they just it was almost a <laughs> yeah. fun of the thing yeah. so if you take away humor you can't even do that humor is a great way to digest and segregate uh, sorry uh, and the between subjects and information like uh, i think like hollywood for instance with black lives matter i was so like when Black Lives Matter like blew up, I was a bit like, no, like Hollywood did such a good job of making racists look stupid. Like they, they did it through like acting. They did it through great like comedic roles where like they they, they, they highlighted like the f- <laughs> how stupid and
3: unlovable
0: racist people were sure uh, and like, you've got know, people like samuel jackson like these fucking amazing characters i've admired since i was like fucking eight like i was watching pulp fiction like a very yeah. okay, you know i'm kind of like uh, like that's that was doing such a good job at like just destroying like r- like race issues uh, and and it was to a degree like uh, sexism and, and homophobia like uh, i learned more about like uh, you know, homosexuality and, and things like that through like movies than I would have ever like a TED talk like yeah, as a kid like mm. these the entertainment and things like that are uh, and comedy are great ways to digest information uh, and, and change your viewpoint so if you take those away then like what are we left with like yeah. it's, I don't know
1: it's... well I think like the, you know you refer to Hollywood I think films like Django Unchained which are difficult films to watch mm. because like Oh, like, just thinking about it, sometimes it makes me... Ugh. It's such a brilliantly made movie, and racism is at the absolute forefront of that movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not communicated with us in a patronising, condescending way. Yeah, It's like, this is how it was. Yeah, And, you know, obviously there's still huge issues with racism that absolutely still exist, but, you know, it educates you in a way of saying... This is what. Look how bad this it's is. It's ridiculous. This is the, yeah. This is the. This is how bad it can get. Let's not do that. Yeah. And that's what things like Django Unchained. And this is why again, you know, Tarantino's such a difficult director to pin down because a lot of people don't like Tarantino because of the way that his films are made. They're too violent. They're too you know, they, they're on too sore topics. Things like Nazis. Things like mm. ja- uh, Django Unchained. But also Inglorious Bastards and stuff like that. But if you can sit down and watch that film and learn lessons from it, it's that that's not who you want to be. You yeah. don't want to be that yeah. guy. It's an so example of what I it's Yeah, it's exa- Yeah, exactly. Like that's, it's showing examples of what you don't want to be. Yeah. And I think where sometimes Hollywood made mistakes was with oh, just like the imagine thing, do you remember, did you see that thing where like, um, Gal Gadot, it's so, in my opinion, it's so condescending, and so just like, Gal Gadot, just like, imagine, just like, don't sing at me in black and white, and just try and do this sincere thing, like, it just, it just reeks of PR, and it reeks of, it's not real, like, what you're doing is not real, you're not, you're not trying to you're not actually helping by doing this. You're just trying to bring attention to yourself and how nice you are, yeah, you know? Yeah. And when I see films that are truly great because they don't treat you like a child and they make you look at really difficult topics, mm-hmm. that's the films... Those are the films that I want to see, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what Hollywood has done brilliantly in the past and I think they just need to continue to do that mm-hmm. and not, you know, not start, not get too bogged down in ideology but just like show... Disney has. Like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like with Gina Carano
1: and like. Yeah, I mean that was that was a weird one, right? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the same thing. I mean, she 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 said something that was stupid. She mm. that was a stupid thing to say. She shouldn't have compared being a Republican mm. to the Holocaust. It's a stupid, bloody yeah, thing it's a, to say. It's a stretch of a... and oh, certainly a stretch. I think, um, and insensitive, sure. Mm. But we get to this point where it's kind of like, well, are people allowed to? You know, Bill Burr was talking about it. He's like, now I need to watch everything that I say. It's kind of like, well, basically, yeah. Like, that's what they're saying is you can't ever express an opinion that's wrong. Mm -hmm. If you express an opinion that's wrong, you're gone. Yeah. And you're not allowed to learn from it. Mm -hmm. Because if she had made that mistake and then, you know, they had said slap on the wrist, you know, that's not okay to say that. But Mm -hmm. you're not going to, we're not going to ruin your fucking career over it. Yeah. Then that would be like okay, what she probably would have been stayed more centre, mm. but because they've fired her, that's probably going to make her, it's going to push her more to the right. She's probably going to be more like fuck them. Yeah, oh, she is. She's, She's going to become eventually. more <laughs> right winged because of that. And yeah. and it's just kind of like you create those ideologues, you create those extremists mm. by pushing them that way, and it's society that pushes them that way. Mm. Keep that dialogue open and bring them back to the centre. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to see.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I am an optimist. And I think that, you know, these things come in waves. And, you know, Trump being in office, the flip side of that is that obviously things like Black Lives Matter are going to happen because he's, you know, he's a very right wing, very I would say bigoted individual, (laughs) um, who has terrible opinions on most things. Mm. So the flip side of that is that, yeah, things like Black Lives Matter will happen where it's like, fuck you, I'm not having this. We can't accept Mm. that this is the state of things that we have this bigot and this idiot in place. It, it, it it makes sense that that happens, but it's just going to be, I think now that Biden's, in place for example it's just going to be a question of everything's going to start to calm down mm-hmm. and hopefully we can through conversation and through debate fix things rather than just violence yeah. hopefully but you know the capital and all this kind of stuff there's just so much stuff going on that's just like <laughs> just explosive incendiary things that are just not helping mm. not helping the situation <laughs> in society at all right now
0: uh, i i kind of mean when i when i saw uh, things like the capital happening, as I say, as like, awful as this is, this is a really nice way to highlight to people how bad it can get if you don't start communicating. Like, yeah. Because I've always, used, I've refer- referred to history countless times, and one of my ex-girlfriends said to me, like, why do you re- recall and... Uh, recite things like the holocaust and nazis why do you choose to remember these things it's awful does it not take up like the horrible parts of like n- space in your brain and i was like if we forget what the nazis did to the jews because of their viewpoints mm. we could do it again yeah like, if absolutely. we forget marxism yeah. it could happen again like these are lessons we need and like people just don't give a fuck about history so yeah. like i take it on well myself to fucking remember as much of it as possible and yeah. just like No.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think the left and the right, it's just always that, again, it's that thing of ideology where I think the the people on the left who are far enough on the left, Mm. they just completely, you know, pretend that Marxism didn't happen and that it's not currently happening in North Korea. Yeah. You know? And. What they will use as the excuse is, yeah, but that's not the real Marxism. Mm. Because if I was in charge, Mm. it would be different. How the fuck? If it's never worked, it's probably not going to work. And same thing with fascism on the right. Same thing with the Nazis, you know? Mm. Like, it's easy. It's upsettingly easy to slip into these things. Because, I mean, you know, people like to imagine that everyone in Germany during that period was evil. Mm. I don't think that probably 50 million people or whatever, however many people it was, 40, 50 million people, were all evil. I think that it was a slow, just slow, continuous movement into hell.
0: Yeah, propaganda. You can And they
1: it. just started... And, you know, it was pushed, and they ate it up, and it was pushed, and they ate it, and they kept pushing, and you know the country was destroyed and there's all these historical historical elements of they had lost the world, first world war and they felt disempowered and disenfranchised and and you know hitler was offering you know bringing power back to germany mm. and it just got distorted and more distorted and more distorted mm. and then the camps happen yeah. and that's just it's just an inevitable ending to that story
0: yeah and the camps were happening out of sight of the civilian populace like much as the same currently Biden currently has Mexican children and parents separated in camps like if I took one single American that doesn't watch the news and be like you're a Biden you know like a synthesizer he's trapping kids they wouldn't know anything fucking yeah. about it so the same with these people in Germany like and uh, so have you been to the Imperial War Museum in London? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, the the Holocaust section there, when the the most shocking part of it was the the propaganda newspaper print So to to go through that corridor where it just shows like how it gradually climbed, like and they were you know the people that they relied on the scientists were like that information that data was like at one point one of the headlines was that Jewish people if you breed with them your children are likely to have like gene issues and or you know yeah although they had a physical disease like a virus <laughs> yeah. So when people were like with Covid, were just like you have to believe what the science says. Like, Mm, like no, 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 no. Hold on, you still got to be critical thinking. Yeah, yeah. Because we could go down that road there. Like, like so. For me, and I had arguments with like scientists and doctors about this, who 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 were like adamant I was in in the wrong. And um, the only the only piece I found in that was when Jordan Peterson was just like, in order to be a morally good person in Nazi Germany, you would have had to be a legally corrupt person. You you would have had to be a criminal. Yeah. So you I'm, would have to
1: be amoral in everyone else's eyes in order to be moral within Nazi Germany. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we're not in the, if you feel sense of guilt from not fully believing this narrative or, or having your concerns, like don't be afraid. That's the mm. only thing I can say here <laughs> like without uh, truly highlighting how I feel. It's, uh...
1: Well, then you know, the COVID situation is a complicated one. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different elements to that. And so, sometimes it's the perception of the different elements that confuse people. Like, I think, you know, some people think it's about the vaccine and the vaccine is going to, you know, nanotech and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And then there's other people who are just sort of like, no, this is just about the lockdown. It's about control over people. There are other people who are like, this is a disease that we hadn't had any knowledge prior mm. about this disease. It makes sense that we lock down. There's a lot of varying opinions on this disease. And it... It's okay for people to have conversations and to think about it and to not be completely comfortable with taking the vaccine. Mm. Now, I know a lot of people who are not comfortable with taking it, Yeah. and I think personally I'd probably be okay with it. But this is not to say that like I'm right, and it's not to say that they're wrong. Mm. But you know, it's okay to be questioning whether or not we should take a vaccine that's brand new mm-hmm. that we don't have we don't have knowledge of their its long term effects. <laughs> um and whether or not those long-term effects potentially or even the short-term effects outweigh the effects that actually getting covid would have you know so like Mm -hmm. it's okay to think these things i think it's okay to think these things and to you know talk about these things now we might not all agree but it's Mm -hmm. okay to talk about them and think about them certainly Mm -hmm. for sure
0: yeah yeah well put man like it's uh because it's such a t- it's like uh, touchy subject and I've seen people that are like good friends just like butt heads <laughs> hugely yeah. yeah it's really highlighted like people because I'm seeing the people that think critically are like almost like considered like conspiracy theorists off the bat like, I know why it was like, yeah. I-, I-, I like to look at both sides and then be a middleman <laughs> and yeah. be like oh cool like, it could be either way and also refer to history a lot and be like yeah there's no there's no certainty in anything so if, you know and then also take to a degree of fancy. do you remember the film I Am Legend? yeah yeah. the opening scene of that where the woman's like we've cured cancer have yeah yeah, yeah This yeah. and then like it just jumps to
3: the horrors yeah. of I like, mean obvi- yeah. obviously obviously they're <laughs>
1: screaming running zombies yeah not, not yeah. quite the same as what <laughs> w- w- might be the outcome of, of the vaccine but you know yeah. there are people who are talking about um, who have taken the vaccine who are talking about issues with you know nerve endings and they've got issues with their blood pressure and things like that so I mean you know does that outweigh Ca- catching covid and then having you yeah, know and there knows. are other people who have had covid fit athletes young athletes who have got covid and been very very ill yeah. you know uh Mak- i don't know if you follow the ufc at all but uh makachev i think his name is mm. really struggling with uh the long-term effects of covid he, he yeah. caught it months ago months ago and he's still struggling with it still. and he's a top-tier athlete in the world yeah so it's not to say that covid isn't a serious issue for a lot of people some people can get some people can get it and be really really sick but other people and like a good majority of people are probably fine Mm. and that's what we should try to remember as much as possible is that it's not the end of the world and Mm -hmm. that you know 'll we'll, we will get out of this, and we're coming out of this now, yeah, um so hopefully we can fucking move on from covid because I mean yeah. it's been the topic of conversation for everyone for the last year and a bit now, uh-huh. and I'm happy to move away from it yeah,
0: because everyone's a fucking professional in that field, yeah like, yeah, yeah
1: everyone it's... knows better than you do yeah
0: the, the fact did you watch Rogan a couple of days ago with the, the. with who I can't remember the guy's name he's like a United Nations researcher for like um I say bioweapons, but it's not. I don't obvious. think so. It
1: wasn't Mike Baker, was it?
0: No, no, He no? a guy after him. Right, okay. No, so, I don't think I saw that. This guy was um, talking about how they, they still haven't determined the origin. They, they, the people that are investigating it are positive that it was lab based. Not. Yeah. Not. Spitefully uh, sent out, but to maybe Bob, but uh, accidentally, accidentally released. Yeah, like yeah. A, a study to like, hey, if this happened in the future, how can we prevent it? Oh fuck, it's out when it's yeah. happened. Yeah. So the, the, and the and they were saying that the narrative was intentionally the data was fucked intentionally. He, he mm. believes uh, to to change the narrative from China's leaked the to thing to that could be war because what's what's the 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 next stage in that? Um, oh, I've lost my home. I've lost because of China. China, we hate China. Remember, like yeah. that that could happen. So they changed the narrative to the. It came from bats, and uh, we need yeah. to we need to respect nature more because that's better for the planet, right? Yeah. And I respect that they did that. However, like, doesn't solve the problem. And uh...
1: well, it's tough, isn't it? Because it's kind of like we were talking about secrets and truth earlier. Mm. Is it better for the planet that they lie to us? Is it yep. better long term that yep. they lie to us because it can avoid war? Yeah. You know, and let's say it was released by China mm. accidentally, but then they lied about it and they covered it up. Mm. That's yeah. that's a tough one and we find out that that's a tough one to to swallow the yeah. amount of people that have died the amount of people whose lives have been ruined by covid mm-hmm. you know that's if that were the case that would be a real big splash and
0: the stereotyping would begin because not all chinese people would be responsible would they yeah. <laughs> it would just be one sect that worked on the lab or made that decision to release it if it was a bioweapon hypothetically that wouldn't mean that all Chinese people are subject to hatred of war. Because we're seeing a rise in, like, anti-Asian... Asian, like, yeah, discrimination, yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and like that was the fear. I was like, fuck, like, if you start pulling that finger when Trump was saying, this is Chinese Kung Fu flu, I was like, if you do that, this is a yeah, time bomb. Yeah, this is right? dangerous, yeah. And uh, the second they started saying it was bats, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: probably a better thing that we... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's very, very tough because, yeah. you know, war should absolutely be avoided. And, mm. you know, Trump would just have such a, you know, trigger finger that it, it's worrying when he gets that kind of news that potentially it could have been covered by the Chinese government and stuff like that. You know, I mean, we, we don't know because we w- obviously we weren't there and we don't know the exact information. But if that were the case, that would obviously be pretty explosive. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Okay,
0: I think we're like on two and a half hours.
1: Jesus, really? really yeah.
0: Well. Woo, long one, good one. Yeah. Um, I want to ask. Uh, I'll give you the option: the two Q and As that Phil uh, because I left it kind of too late. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Um, or do you believe aliens? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, I can
1: I can do both because the, cool. the the Sorry. the aliens one I can answer in about thirty seconds. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, the wait. likelihood of aliens not existing yeah. is infinitesimal. So, I mean, I know a lot of people that I literally say the word aliens to them and they're like this. Because like, no, it up. scares them. Yeah. The reality is, in a constantly expanding universe with billions of exoplanets similar to Earth, mm-hmm. going around suns that are at similar distance, it's almost inevitable that some kind of life does not exist. Yeah. It probably exists.
0: Thank you. Thank you for yeah. believing. <laughs> <laughs> so many people, usually academic, have beaten me around the head with this. There's no proof. Until there's data, till there's evidence, yeah. there's no proof. Yeah. yeah, but we're proof. We are proof. Yeah, We're, we're pretty, pretty good. For, of our, obvi- yeah, we're
1: prob- yeah. probably good uh, evidence of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, interesting segue. So, you, you know, Lex Friedman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's on Clubhouse a lot, the new app where you mm-hmm. kind of like ask questions. And, uh, during the Goggins run, cause he kind of also like... I rioted. think he was doing it with him, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I was just kind of like, fuck, like, so I watched Lex Friedman's video about, uh, how, how he did it. Got lots of information about like method. And, uh, yeah, about halfway through, um, I had my Fitbit on the whole time, uh, measuring like my heart rate for the runs and things. And I went on Clubhouse and, uh, Lex Friedman was doing a room with like recognizing potential alien life on earth so like bacteria where does it come from right, it okay. and um uh, the press that was running in the room uh, did it send, like an invite to talk and i was just like <laughs> 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 oh my god you know, so i like declined and i was like no 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 like this this is like i get to talk to like freeman fuck so, like, <laughs> i sent the request again and then um yeah they're like yeah, okay alexander ran pose your question and I, I was just like
2: oh, oh. <laughs> I my heart
0: rate. So was like, Hi Alexia doing the new challenge <laughs> like, Thanks for the support. My
2: question's this
0: and uh, my question was about tardigrades, um the little the mm-hmm. water beds. Yep, yep they have a radiation um resistance They that, can survive anything basically. Yeah, yeah, why would they evolve for that yeah. on Earth? Like so they they protect I in my mind that's to transpermia, they travel between planets on stuff sure. like meteorites and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because um, you only find those levels of radiation in space. So I posed that question really badly, articulated it awfully, not really answered it. <laughs> and then uh, Alex Freeman liked my my comment and followed me on, on Clubhouse and my heart rate went... So You could see my heart rate on the four mile runs, quite high, <laughs> but with Alex Freeman, it was like 172. Yeah, I was going to say like 80
1: to 172 in about three seconds, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah he's a very interesting guy, Alex Freedom. Oh, he's my Re- Really nice guy, yeah. He's just so I love. Smart. I listen to his podcast, very smart guy, very, very smart guy and just very sensible i like sensible people and he's a sensible man for sure yeah okay right hit me with a question so
0: (laughs) Ariana, ariana asked can you help him move house no
3: no (laughs) unfortunately not ariana because
1: i get asked that all the time and i don't want to do it anymore (laughs) i you move i'm
0: less strong but i'm there uh alexis asks Uh, How did you stay strong during lockdown? And I knew this would be a good question because your posts were pretty cool like you in car parks (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so I I just did whatever I could so initially that started out as I had a weight vest Which was like a 10 kilo weight vest Mm -hmm. and I would go do wads in the park So like a workout a wad so that's like a CrossFit term for like a workout of the day Mm -hmm. So I would do like, you know pull-ups off of a tree Mm. and I'd run half a mile and then I'd do press-ups and I'd do bodyweight squats and whatever. Then I just started to accumulate some equipment and now I've got quite a lot of equipment. So um, I'm obviously in a lot better place than I was in first lockdown as far as what I can do. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was just a... was the question about motivation, or was it just what am I doing?
0: I suppose that we could take it either way. Staying strong, so my like, mindset, or or like physical exercise. So
1: I mean, for both, really. I, I have spoken about this on another podcast. Was just, and I think Gus actually said it and said it very well. And this is a quite you know often used term or expression, but you know I don't have motivation really mm-hmm. ever. You I don't. Do. I I just do it. It's just <laughs> discipline. And the more every day that you don't want to train and that you've train anyway, you're putting a brick on your wall and it's just getting more big and solid and strong. Mm. And that's how I view most of my workouts. It's like a lot of my workouts I don't want to do. Yeah, I don't want to do a lot of them. And, you know, I'm sure Go will attest to that. Gus will attest to that. We don't want to train a lot of the time. And You know, people get that wrong about me, where they're just like, oh, well, you love to train, so that's why he's doing it. like, yeah, I love to train in a gym that's in a controlled environment (laughs) that's not in my dining room, where I'm afraid of bothering people, where I can't, like, smash it through the floor and, like, (laughs) scare my neighbours, you know? Um, So, you know... I. And, and even then, even within the gym, it's sometimes difficult to find motivations. So I'm, I'm not motivated. I'm, I'm disciplined to mm. keep doing what I do. And I've got goals and I've got objectives in mind. And I think that's huge, 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 huge. And I think you probably would have found that as well with the 4 4 whatever challenge. Yeah, is that, like, you through. if you have that goal, mm-hmm. it's much, much easier. Like, I've got a strongman competition coming up in July. And for yeah. me, like, that goal... It doesn't matter if it's like I'm deadlifting this afternoon. Mm. It might rain. I'm deadlifting this <laughs> afternoon. I don't care. <laughs> um, so it's just about that discipline to keep doing it. And every time I've trained in the, I trained in the snow when it was snowing. Like I, it's about, it's about doing it no matter what. Mm. And it might not always be perfect. It might feel like crap, but just keep doing it. Yeah. And then for me, obviously, like as uh, to speak more literally, as far as how I've been training. Um, my Probably my biggest weakness was my pressing movements, um, and for strongman that's obviously really important because there's a lot of different pressing movements like log press and barbell press and stuff like that. So I have been working on that hugely. I've still been doing squats and deadlifts and stuff like that, but my main focus has really been building my log press, so okay. that's been a big one for me.
0: Is that the one that looks like a giant battery? Yeah, it's a huge <laughs>
1: barrel that I'm just, like, picking up and then pressing overhead. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. That's intense.
0: Did you uh, dive into rings with Gus? Or...
1: Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, he got me into rings initially, and uh, I still do rings every week, so, like, right now I'm doing rings every Saturday, and uh, I almost see it as, like, a prehab, rehab type workout where mm. I'm not really doing it to push myself like crazy, but... With strongman movements you do get quite tight because there's yeah. a lot of pressing and stuff like that. And there's a lot of you can get quite tight in your upper body. Mm. Um and in your back as well, from lots of deadlifts and stuff like that. So I find that gymnastic rings kind of opens everything up a lot. Mm. So it my mobility is kind of I managed to maintain mobility while you know, I've stuck on fifteen kilos in the last six months. Mm. Obviously that a lot of that's fat and water and stuff like that. Some of it's muscle. But um you know, to maintain that level of athleticism, I think the gymnastics has helped massively, massively. Well, I said gymnastic, gymnastic rings, but yeah. Mm. Those movements are are great. So I understand why Gus has put such an emphasis on it for him because he obviously has a huge amount of musculature. So where he's so big, he was quite restricted in his movement and it's really just allowed him to move a lot better than he was before. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's a great tool. And I think for those who don't have a gym, um... It's a little bit difficult to do some leg movements, but for the upper body, it's great. You can do so much stuff. You can do pressing, pulling, you know, pushing, whatever. Like all those upper body movements, curls, extensions, all things that your body should and can do Mm. can be done with gymnastic rings.
0: Wow. I imagine these
1: poor trees like try <laughs> trying to, to bear brother. the weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, me I'm and Gus are both 116 <laughs> kilos <laughs> right now. So every time I'm just like, is this tree going to hold? Maybe you just kind of see the end of the tree pulling down a little bit and you're like, oh.
0: <laughs> or when you let go, some poor squirrels. <laughs> 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 <to> the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for your time today, man. You're very welcome. Like, you are amazing. You're <coughs> smart. Yeah. You're humble. Thank you're you. You're cool it's F- uh, great to be on
1: yeah Been interesting
0: if everyone wants to reach you i'm guessing it's instagram uh
1: yeah so you can get me on instagram on tiktok i've also got a website so that's just cjp strength training cool and i'm that's the name of the website that's the name of tiktok and the uh instagram as well
0: beautiful i yeah. put that all in the info section at the bottom of the video uh
1: thanks for watching thanks for coming and thank you
0: goodbye everybody